Jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. And welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for being back with us here for episode 212. It is Monday, February the 22nd, 2021. And we are back to romp you through the world of retro wrestling. As always, I'm Joe Murata, joined by Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy-doody. Good to be back with you, sir, for another week in the world of retro wrestling. It's quite a world. It's all-encompassing. Yes, it is. And folks, if you want some all-encompassing clips, you can head on over to Twitter at OVP Podcast. The clips, Quinn. They're they're big. Those big (laughs) clips. They're they're what we're all about, really. Yeah, we do the clips on the Twitter, folks. It's like a dozen clips a day of on-this-day type of stuff from retro wrestling. Some stuff that's obscure, some stuff that you might have seen, obviously. Follow us there. There's no drama. There's no drama, drama-free clips, as it says on the description of the Twitter. It does actually say that, and you can see it for yourself at OVP Podcast on Twitter. You can also email us if you have like a long-form question or essay or something like that. Yes. Essays. Email. Yeah, email. We accept those at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is OVPPodcast at gmail.com. Quinn, the best place if people want to actually talk and converse and have discourse with you and me and hundreds of other retro wrestling fanatics is where? Over at facebook.com slash encompass. It's better than a compass. Right. It encompasses. Okay. You see? So you go over there, right, at Facebook slash encompass, right? right? Mm-hmm. You type in, you know, the compass, the, the compass of the site is the search bar, really. Okay, right, yes. So you type in that search bar, our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast, bing, bang, boom, tubes, gore, kafloey, as we always say. You hit the join group and you're in. That's it. And you're agreeing to one rule and one rule only when you join, which is what? Don't be a dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. And that means be nice. Yeah, be be a good person. And basically that means just don't, you know, you want to disagree. Disagree until the cows come home, even when the cows are still out. Yeah. Keep disagreeing. It's just a matter of not being, you know, don't no personal attacks and things like that. We don't need that there. It's not worth it. It's wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Just have fun. Um, but it is, it is a good time. It's, it's a great time. Um, we talk about all the things. Sometimes we talk about non-related wrestling things. Sure, like acid wash memories type things like fast food and, and other retro goodness. Oh, it, it's, it's fast food mania over there since <laughs> that acid wash. Been. Release people are still weeks afterwards, like being like, "Yo, remember this? Remember Roy Rogers milkshakes and yeah, stuff like yeah, that?" Yeah, it's great. Uh, but if you want to get in on that fun again, it's really it's drama free over there as well. The best we can. It's over on Facebook. And if you want more OVP content, here's our quick plug. Here, look, we have extra shows on Patreon. Patreon.com/slash/OVPPodcast. That's if you want them. If you don't, then you don't. It's fine. But if you do, Patreon.com/slash/OVPPodcast. WrestleMania Eight review is out right now. Coming out in a few weeks. For March will be. SummerSlam 92. We got the 1983 canon. Check it out. Browse it. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. So, Quinn, yes. episode two of this season, we got a new segment that we've been doing or that we will be doing. Last week, we talked about Mongo. Remember yep. Mongo? Mongo. Mongo. He's and great. He is great. I love Mongo. And the whole point of this segment this, uh, this season is to kind of defend things that maybe a lot of people don't like it could be a wrestler it could be a pay-per-view it could be a match things like that mm-hmm. in retro wrestling's lore there's so much lore <laughs> there's sometimes you have to defend that lore sometimes you do and this is a segment called 
in defense of. All right. This week, it's my pick, Michael. Yes. And I want to defend Sid. Sid Udi. Udi. <laughs> yes. Udi, Udi or Udi, some people call him. Yeah. Very Udi. Uh, Sid is <laughs> quite an enigma in wrestling. He's a weird dude. He really is. Um, I think he gets a bad rap for that scissor shit. Well, okay, yeah. So here we go, right? He has notable promo mishaps, right? We're right. talking about or live, pal. Well, the st- skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. Half the brain you do. Yep. But you know what I know. Because you're only half the man that I am. And I have half the brain that you do. I don't know shit. You know We're going to try I and stay with this as long as we can. Red Heart, <laughs> I'm from Alabama, too, or Arkansas, whatever. Yeah. Arkansas, too, yeah. Psycho Sid. Psycho Sid letting us know that he's from Arkansas, too. And, of course, his bizarre choice of weaponry, such as wielding safety scissors against Arn Anderson in 93. Yeah, yes. Or uh, grabbing a squeegee to yes. uh, ward off Brian Pillman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, things like that. Even his fights in real life are, <laughs> yeah. are weird. They're bizarre, right? Yeah. And he is... Uh, he is not known as a great wrestler in the ring. In fact, you know, as far as Sid's like best match, I'm kind of hard pressed to name it. It's probably Shawn Michaels Survivor Series. Yeah, that's Shawn Michaels Survivor Series. Right? He's so over. He is over, and we'll yeah. get to that, I'm sure. But Sid is someone that, you know, when we post the clips on Twitter, people seem to like him, but at the same time, there's maybe an equal number of people that say, oh, he was such shit in the ring. He couldn't talk. But the reason I want to defend Sid, and I know you like him too, Quinn. Yeah, I, I dig him. He has what they call it. Yeah, he <laughs> looks like a star. Yes. I mean, look at him. He's like taller and bigger than everybody. He's even bigger than Hulk Hogan. Yeah. He really is. He's like one of those guys you look back, and this is actually one of my problems with current wrestling, is like, look at a guy like Sid, and like, he's just bigger than anybody that exists now, other than like Braun Strowman. But the weird thing is like, the Braun Strowmans of the world used to be normal. Like, That's so, correct. So it's just very weird that a guy like Sid could walk in, even as an old man, when he walks in today, he looks bigger than everyone. Yeah. And he has this unique physical charisma. Yeah. There's something imposing and kind of appealing about Sid. And we're not here to recap his whole career. That's not the point of the segment. But we know that he did start down in Memphis, made his way up to WCW, and he made a a bit of a presence there. It was a big push there. Then he was in the skyscrapers, and then he wound up in WWF in the summer of 91, had that feud with Hulk Hogan, and Mm -hmm. left in 92. This is bogus. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. If you think about Sid's promos in 1992 alone, that short little capsule <laughs> of when he was turning heel. Papers, like, yeah, bogus. The papers, bogus. Shut up, you fat, bald-headed little oaf. Yep. Now, what you did, Jack Tunney, was bogus. The most bogus act you've ever pulled off. I curse you. <laughs> He's so weird too. He's like so a lot different. of a lot of the stuff he says is strange even for then. I know. You, you know what I mean? Like it's just very odd. He's but just it, odd. The thing is, is that there's something kind of like endearing yeah. about how weird he is. Charming, right? Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. It's like, well, that's Sid. That's our Sid. It's yep. almost like Mongo. He's very, he's got that Mongo quality to him. He does. And then he obviously had a good WCW run. Then the scissors happened. He just bounced a lot. That's one of the things. He was always between companies back and forth. Do people still, like, I feel like I heard somewhere, maybe I'm just imagining this, but do people hold any grudge about the scissors anymore? Has that been gotten over? I think so. 
it's just a confrontation between Arn and Sid that just got way out of hand. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? But I think they patched it. I think they patched it up. I thought I heard that. I could be mistaken. Maybe somebody tell us yeah, on the boards or something. The, the one black mark on his career, and we've said it numerous times, is that horrendous 1995 run. Right. Well, <laughs> that is bad. I don't consider it all his fault because it involves the Million Dollar Corporation. Anything thing. that that thing touches... It goes to shit, man. Yeah, that that was garbage. That was really bad. You know what, though? Before he joined that, when he was just Sean's bodyguard... Oh, yeah, I was into that. Everyone was into that. And they're like, yes, they're cheering for him at WrestleMania 11. It's good. <laughs> yeah, he's good. I was like, yeah, Sean Michaels, he picked a good one, huh? <laughs> a good bodyguard there. Now, speaking of Sean, Quinn, I want to get your thoughts on this, because I don't normally ask you this one. So when Sid comes back in 96, he's like infinitely better than his 95, Way remember? better. He's like, whoa, this guy's not an oaf. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's not the oaf now. Yeah. And I know that you were Mr. Shawn Michaels in 96 when he beat Bret Hart, unfortunately, and you had the gloves and you were jumping up and down and all that. But what did you think at the time, November 96, when Sid beat Shawn? What, what was going through your mind? I wasn't happy about it. You weren't that, happy that, about that's it. for sure. Because I, here's the thing is I felt that that rain as a kid watching the Shawn Michaels thing go down and him being my favorite wrestler, I thought, well, it's only right that he's the champion for a year, just like Diesel or something, right, right. right? Maybe this goes to WrestleMania. Maybe he fights Bret Hart again or something. Yeah, you he would have if he didn't lose a smile or his knee or whatever. Right. So when he fought Sid and lost, I was like, <laughs> what is this shit? Like, <laughs> wait, what? But he didn't. He only lost because stupid Jose Lothario or whatever. Remember, John? We have to agree that that's probably Sid's crowning achievement in yeah. wrestling. Uh huh. Would you say it is? Oh yeah, being the WF champion, <laughs> yeah. that's two good. time. Yeah, that's the thing about Sid, right? And then I, we know he went back to WCW also in 1999. But despite his shortcomings in the ring, because really he isn't what you'd call a very entertaining wrestler. They don't really promote him as that, though. <laughs> no. They promote him as like a force right as yes. like a Brock Lesnar type kind like of, it's yeah. kind of like he's not a wrestler he just beats the shit out of right. people because he's bigger than everyone lots of clotheslines choke yeah. slams things like that exactly I'm, like how do you beat a guy that you know he doesn't have to play by the the wrestling rules you know he's yeah. just bigger he doesn't do like arm bars and hammer he doesn't locks need and things to. like that just, right he just freaking hits you with his forearm and you just fall over he does have that big clubbing forearm actually right, exactly would you call him a power brawler yeah, that's power probably the brawler, style, right? Yeah. And he's got this power bomb that, because he's so tall, it's so effective, right? It seems yeah. like they're dropping from a longer distance, so it hurts more. Kind of like Big Daddy. Yeah, Big yeah. Daddy. Yeah, but Nash's was so lazy. He would just kind of like, uh. But that's because the jackknife, you see, is a different style, allegedly. <laughs> that, when I was a kid, I swear that they acted like there was some difference between the power bomb and the jackknife. They did in 95, like you mean? He, like, drops them more or something. It's I don't different. know how else to say. It's different. He, like, throws Sid them off Sid kind of drives them yes. in where Big Daddy just drops them. I like Sid's better, truthfully. Yeah. But despite Sid's shortcomings in the ring... And his very eccentric promo style, mm -hmm. which is very... I love his promos, I by the way. I curse you, Hulk Hogan. Well, because I love how... Yeah, he'll go from the yelling to the... Cause, uh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like that whole thing. Well, the whole, the whole style is to seem like he's mentally unhinged, right? So it's like he's yelling one second and he's whispering the next. Yeah. So it seems like, wow, this guy's really off his rocker here, huh? But he pulls it off. 
Right. It, it's not forced, in my opinion. You know, it, it, it comes he across well. He is psycho well. Sid. If he doesn't <laughs> act psycho, why is he called that? Good point. You know? Uh, also, he has some great ring names. Sid Vicious, obviously, yeah. the Sex Pistols basis that was a takeoff of, but what a good name. And then Sid, Sid Justice. Sid Justice is a really cool name. <laughs> good I don't names. know what the Justice is about, but like, is it because he was like a ref when he started? <laughs> like, is that when he got the Justice name? Maybe. It's, I really thought that, like, why else would they call him that? Because he's the Justice of the WWF. Maybe. That might be yeah. why. Remember when he pokes his head out of the curtain at SummerSlam 91? Funny. It is funny. I um, gotta say, though, another yeah. thing that's overlooked with Sid, yeah, I, I really, really like his WWF music with the, like, the actual the psycho. psycho movie. Yeah, the takeoff of that. It's good. Like it's like it's good. I also like his first WWF theme yeah. from ninety one. Oh, that is good. The that is he, the one he, he when he fights Hogan in yeah. WrestleMania eight. He always had good themes. He I, did. I don't remember what he had in WCW. Probably just some remember. generic rock. <laughs> Probably. If I had to guess, <laughs> that's most of WCW. Like we said, despite his limitations, both companies WCW and WWF obviously saw something in the guy because. He was a multi-time world champion in both companies. I gotta say what's weird about him, what's unique about him, especially during like the wars between the two companies. Yep. He was a guy that was able to seemingly freely jump around between both with no consequences and they would just throw world titles on the guy. I don't know <laughs> yeah. like what the fuck. Seriously, like yes. he left WCW and came back and they still gave him the world title yeah, and during... You know what I mean? And they were going to do it again if it wasn't for the scissors. They were going to do it in 93. It was going to yeah. beat Vader at Starcade. I don't know if it's just each company looked at him and it's like, this guy's convincing. There's nothing we have to do. It's like we can easily put the world title on him at any time, even in the late 90s. Yeah, 99 WCW yeah. champion, wasn't yeah. he? I think I, he was. I think he was. I'm pretty yeah. sure. I know he was there with yeah. Randy Savage and stuff like that. Because he's so damn threatening. It's just, yeah. Is it? Does it go back to that physical charisma, that it factor that we're talking yeah. about? He is the attraction. It's yeah. not like it's not like you build a storyline around a guy. It's like, look at him. Yeah. He's just so imposing. <laughs> remember when he, this is just like a random Sid story, but remember when he like destroyed the barbershop? Good, by the way. And he got like all this shaving cream on his face. Yeah, and, and just... those guys that would make them look stupid and unthreatening and be like, what is this guy? Instead, it's Sid. He's just, it just made him more, look more psycho yeah. and crazy. Like, and Gorilla already starting the nickname in 92. Yeah. Sid, psycho Sid, I call him, brain. It's weird that like it seems like Gorilla just like invented that. I and think that's he did. What? Because he just said it once. And I heard you last week telling some newspaper writer you referred to him as Psycho Sid. That's right. Another thing about Sid, too, that's overlooked is, remember during the Shockmaster incident? Oh, right. He was there for that, huh? Sid was the only one able to hold it together and actually act like the Shockmaster was a threat, remember? <laughs> Everyone else is like half like half laughing, trying... He, you know, the one thing I'll give him is that he is very oddly um, overly dedicated to the kayfabe. It's, Have you ever noticed yes. that he never, ever breaks character? Even, even when Except it comes for the live pal. Yeah, but I mean, because he thought they weren't live. He thought they weren't live, right? So, which is that? Why is that always shown? Because it's a weird. I think it's it's bigger of a deal because it's a rare instance where you see Sid out of character and you never ever see him out of character. No, it's true. It's and, true. Like even when, like I said, even when he came comes back on those brawl reunions, yeah, which he he's, has, he's still you know crazy. I'm from Arkansas too, <laughs> yeah, Sid. Like he's so just good. he's just like he beats up. Remember he beat up like Heath Slater or some shit. Yeah, so it was Heath like, Slater, and it's just like well. That seems believable. That's Sid. Sid laid away from that. Powerbomb. Yeah, he's calling for that patented release powerbomb. Oh, brother. Can I say it for him? Oh. Psycho Sid. I can believe that Sid just, I don't know, lives in 
Arkansas yeah. and he saw Raw and was just like, I'll beat that guy! <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, as an old man. Yeah, in his jeans. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and it's telling that Sid was in the mix in 1997, by the way, because if you look at the big stars and the big angles going on in 97, you had Shawn Michaels when he had his smile still. You had The Undertaker, you know, the Stones Are So Cold version. You had mm-hmm. Bret Hart. Right. You had Steve Austin. Vader. Vader. And then Sid was like right in the middle of all of that. And people cared. Yeah, they cared all right. You got to give him credit, man. It's- you know, you know, I really feel like they dropped the ball with a major feud there. I feel like Sid versus Vader could have been a bigger deal. Because it, it was kind of like, I feel like it happened, but it wasn't highlighted. So short. Right. Yeah. What they did, and, and it was supposed to happen in WCW, obviously. Because right. remember, they were a team on the beach with the flip-flops, and they blew up the boat or right. whatever would cheat them. Yep. But, but, <laughs> but those two are huge. <laughs> yeah. Huge men, right? Huge, it's like, why, big brawlers. Why would, that seems like a very natural feud. Like a long-term feud. And they basically used it to transition the feud from... Shawn Michaels and Vader to Sid and Shawn Michaels by having a number one contenders match. I think it was October 96 yeah. where Sid beat Vader and that's why Sid wound up in the Survivor Series spot. But I would love to see more. Oh god, like, yeah. Like right on paper Sid versus Vader seems like something, you know, why not, right? Sid versus Austin would have been a great feud too, I yeah, think. Yeah, but Austin's more kind of like a sympathetic figure in that because he's <laughs> because he's so much smaller. I guess Sid. so. Like it's okay. hard to have asshole Austin trying to like impose his assholishness on Sid. <laughs> Sid's just an idiot, like a crazy idiot. Yeah, like he's true. just, he, he will kick your ass. Like, you know what I mean? That's he doesn't true. care who you are. Now, it's <laughs> right. And one thing, uh, you know, I've seen some Sid shoot interviews. And one thing that I like about him is his attitude towards wrestling, which is basically like, I'm just going to do what they tell me to do. He didn't like refuse to put people over. I know he had the two weird weapon incidents and we know that. But in, uh, as far as in ring, I don't know of him ever hurting anybody. Yeah. I don't know of him. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he has, but I don't know of that. And I don't know of him ever refusing to work with somebody or refusing to do something. His attitude was like, they pay me, so I do this. It does seem, and I don't want to act like I know Sid Udi or whatever. You don't know him? I don't know. I think I know him, but (laughs) I don't know him. But it seems based on the, the trend here is that after he got in these tussles or whatever. Yeah. That he seems to have learned a lesson after that, and he was the best he ever was. Like, he you know was. what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like he realized, okay, what what am I doing here? Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm fighting Iron Anderson in a hallway somewhere. Like, this <laughs> in is England. In England, like this, and you never hear about stuff like that ever again. No, you don't. You know, after that, he had his close call where he kind of went psycho, yeah, legitimately, and right. like, it's like, okay, That's this could have been, this could have been much worse. Oh, yeah. I mean, Arn got, got pretty damn injured from right, that. Yeah. He really did. And uh, I, I know Sid felt bad about it, and he's, he's talked about that. But I just think that Sid is, um yeah, if you're looking for good matches, there really aren't any. The best one, in my opinion, the best thing he ever did uh, was the Shawn Michaels match at Survivor Series, I think. I yeah. think that's like the best Sid. But but I think that's, that's just saying that's the best Sid or whatever. Yeah. Is, the weird thing is like, I feel like that's overlooking him. You know what I mean? True. No, I agree, Quinn. The, the thing with Sid that's weird, if you think about it, is he's very consistent. Yes. He, he never really was not that weird psycho guy character. No, the only time I didn't like him was when they tried to play that up too much in 95 and Ted DiBiase was around. Yeah. The only time he but was But even bad. then, I'm saying, like, Sid was like a weapon to the Million Dollar Corporation as far as how they portrayed him. It's yeah. not like Sid changed. No, he it's didn't. It's just that... He had, like, this is who you feud with because Ted DiBiase. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I think it's also very telling, Quinn, that at the Royal Rumble 92, 
the uh, Knickerbocker Arena was solidly behind <laughs> Sid because Hogan was acting like a complete butt munch. Yeah. Don't forget, <laughs> Sid's very good in cases where people are acting like complete butt munches because also, remember the time that Big Bully Busick was like really giving it to Mike, Mike, McGurk. Mike McGurk and Sid came out and just kicked the shit out <laughs> yeah. of him and like everyone cheered like <laughs> happily. Like, like, remember that? Yes. That's, that one of, real. that's actually one of my favorite Sid moments. Every time I see that, it's like, it's like five minutes and it's great. It is because great. Because he destroys him. Good. Like he absolutely kicks his ass. Like in the most in the most you could in a wrestling thing, right? right? Yeah. Like he just he comes out, he's like, ah like, he just like fucking kicks him. Kicks the shit out of him. Look at the power! Wow! One-handed! Picked the bully up with one hand by the neck and slammed him to the net. I'll give one last Sid memory that I really like too is when he chases away Jake Roberts and the Undertaker with the chair at the wedding. Yeah, <laughs> get out of here. He's, there's something very he's good about how, how silly he is. Yes. Like I don't know, and I think that that's reason to celebrate for him. So, folks, let us know what you think of Sid, Psycho Sid, Vicious Justice, whatever you want to call him. Let us know if you like him, if you think he's overlooked, your favorite Sid moments, what do you think of Sid? You can do that on Twitter, of course, at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But Quinn, when we come back, it is week number one of the Royal Flush of WrestleMania main events. That'll be coming up right after this. Hey guys, I know a lot of you like wrestling books, and guess what? There's a new one out right now about Lance Von Erich. It's called Lance by Chance, and in this book, you're going to learn all about the 10-year career of the other Von Erich, including his work outside of world class. Just go to LanceByChance.com, LanceByChance.com. Pick up your copy today. My guest, Sid Justice. Now this clash, this matchup this afternoon, I expect there's going to be a barn burner. No, oh, shut up, you fat, bald-headed little oath. Now you, Hogan, a boring burner it won't be. It is going to be your last match, and I will see to that. I have already made that promise to you, Hogan. As I leave this dressing room, and I stand in the ring, and you walk down that aisle, you remember one thing, that I am the master, and you are but the learner, Hogan. You are but the the learner. Hey Quinn, remember WrestleFest? Isn't that the thing with Sean Mooney and the coat where he gets all sweaty? No, I'm talking about the video game. Oh, video games. I've heard of that. Well, did you know there's an official sequel to WrestleFest? Wait, what? Yeah, it's real. It's called Retromania, and it's coming out this Friday, the 26th. Hang on. Hasn't this allegedly been coming out for like 10 years? Yeah, but it's actually coming out on February 26th, this Friday. What's it even on? Pretty much everything. Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. And guess what? What are you going to tell me it's on NES somehow, too? <laughs> no, no, but you can pre-order now at RetromaniaWrestling.com. Fine, but who's even in this game? Don't tell me it's some crap with fake names like Axe Duggan or whatever. You know what I mean. No, it's actually real people. Nick Aldis, Tommy Dreamer, and even the Road Warriors. They're coming back to snack on danger and dine on death? <laughs> yup, and it's not just regular matches. There's elimination cages, even the Retro Rumble. Okay, so when's this coming out again? Friday, February 26th. It's real, folks. It's 
really coming out, and you can pre-order it right now at RetromaniaWrestling.com. It's good. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. It's Monday, February the 22nd, 2021, for episode 212. Quinn, we mentioned uh, briefly that we do have a Patreon. We do. Now, we only do this for additional content. Only additional. There's no autograph sock tier or yeah. anything like extra, that. Extra, extra, read all about it. Right. Extra content. Extra content, and there's two different shows that we do on there. They're separate from this weekly show. And if you want them, you go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. You have two choices to make. On the $2 tier, that's it, 2 bucks a month. You get the bi-weekly 1983 canon, which right now, Quinn, is in October of 83. We started in January of 82. What's that all about? It's it's all about getting to the Hulkster, yep. right? Um, although I have a feeling we're going to go past that. I think we will. But basically, it's we're going through every episode of WWF Championship Wrestling from early 82, and now we're in late 83. Soon Hulk Hogan is coming. We're learning as we go. We are watching it, and you are watching it or listening to it along with us. It's a very underappreciated time period, in my opinion, right now. There's some nice stuff. And uh, you can get this again for just two bucks a month. It's on our Patreon, okay? And you can also get the free ones, the older ones, on this normal podcast feed or on our YouTube channel. That's a $2 tier. The only other tier is the $5 tier. Right. We, five. We, we make this very simple. Five. And that's five bucks a month. So if you can swing that, we'll bring that content to you. Yeah, you get all the stuff we just talked about, plus. Plus the WWF pay-per-view reviews. Now, if you like the old ones and you want to hear what we think about them, right? We're talking the old WrestleManias and the SummerSlams and all those things. We started with the first WrestleMania. Out right now is WrestleMania 8, and you get everything in between for just 5 bucks a month. Next month for March is SummerSlam 92. It's a really fun time there. These are like three-hour shows, usually. Yeah. It's full review. You even get the exclusive, very highly acclaimed OVP star ratings. Meltzer's talking about them. Yeah. Still he- arguing with us over it. <laughs> So you can let us know what you think. You can let Melton know what you think, too. Just go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. We're not in this for the money. We're not trying to get rich, but we do want to make a way for people who want to support us to get a lot of extra content. And that's where that comes in. Again, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Quinn? Yes. It is time for the Royal Flush. Oh, here we are. Whoa. So yuck. uh, Yeah, yuck. Now, what is the Royal Rankings on the Royal Flush if you're new to the show, perhaps? Each season before the season starts over on Facebook, we ask you, the fans, to give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. We've done all sorts of things. We've done managers, announcers, feuds last season. For this season, it is WrestleMania main event. So what happens is Joe Merkel, our chief statistician, he tallies up and compiles all of your votes. I don't know how he does it. Lots of arithmetic, (laughs) as they say. Arithmetic. Arithmetic. It's dope. And Mm -hmm. basically what he does. The dopest. What he does is he puts them into two separate tanks. One for the best, one for the worst. We alternate, right? So last week we started the rankings. This week we start the flush. We pull out two names each week. We rank them. And by the end of the season, what you are going to have is the definitive organic baptized ordained non-GMO USDA certified organic and healthy. Best and worst WrestleMania main events of all time. Quinn, there's nothing on the board because this is new. This is it. Zero. <laughs> Zero. Zero. Yeah. Now, let's just talk briefly, though. We talked last week about what makes a good WrestleMania main event. It's a match you want to see. You might not know who's going to win. It's the culmination of something. The belt is probably online. Not necessarily. There's usually a belt involved. Usually a belt. What do you think makes a bad WrestleMania main event? Uh, I just don't care about it. Okay, that's that, a good that's, one. That's the big one. You right. don't want to even see it, maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe it's just a bad storyline. Bad storyline. Usually, line. it's always like a bad storyline, or I just don't care. 
Okay. Or is it, I mean, sometimes it can be a bad match, but honestly, I feel like WrestleMania main events can get away with the match being bad as long as it seems like a big deal. Right, because a lot of it is getting, a lot of what makes a main event good is getting to it. Right. You know, the build-up, the lead-up, the engaging week-to-week television. And it's got a good conclusion usually, too. Usually, yeah. yeah. There's not some stupid, it's not a dusty finish at WrestleMania. Correct, right. There's usually a pin yeah. or submission. <laughs> yeah, generally. All right, so with that said, folks, let's find out what these bad ones are all about. We got to go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Flush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Come on! Come on, you yellow belly! Come on! Lawrence Taylor with momentum and Roman Reigns has defeated the Undertaker at WrestleMania! Lucy's not your dog anymore. And Psycho Sid for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. Oh, what a right hand by Ronnie Piper and knocked Mr. T's mouthpiece right out. Uh oh. Mick Foley. <laughs> it's Royal Flush. They got me on the Mick Foley at the end. I, he never should. I never hear these. Yeah, that's until true. They like um, initially happen. It always debuts on the first one. Yeah. Now, Okay, can we put the toilets here? We're still trying to laugh here at Mick Foley. Okay, so they're overflowing already. That's because the tank is full. But we're going to pull two names out, folks. Yeah, we have some names in that intro there alone. that Mick Foley! (laughs) Mick Foley! Uh, But without any further ado, Quinn, if you are ready, I say it's time to go down to the fans as they count us down. We'll find out who drew number one. Miz is a very intelligent WWE champion, and I'm sure you can quote us chapter and verse on John Cena's amazing career at WrestleMania. Hey, Quinn, remember when uh, the Miz pinned Cena and everyone got upset? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Miz, that stinky wrestler that nobody likes or something, even though he's good. So this is from WrestleMania 27. I knew this would make it because everyone hates this, And, and this is not regarded by many people that I've seen as a good WrestleMania. It's from the Georgia Dome, yeah, April of 2011. They're, they're taking on WCW. <laughs> yeah, really, 10 years out of the fact. Yeah. Ten, 10 years in the making. Well, I mean, you wait till there's no competition, <laughs> and then, then you sw- swoop in there. You swoop. Yeah. Now, The Miz was the champion going into this. Right. And he had won the championship in November of 2010 by cashing in his Money in the Bank contract that he, he had won. He came to play. He did. <laughs> yeah. And he defeated Randy Orton. And he defended against John Cena, who obviously, folks, unless you've been living under a rock somewhere, was a perpetual champion of this era. Right. And it's funny because during this time, everyone always complained, oh, man, Cena always wins. And then he doesn't win at this thing. He doesn't and win this match. He doesn't win this match. And everyone's all, this stinks. WrestleMania is terrible. Like, what, <laughs> what do you want? Like, this is this is like definitive proof that they can't win no matter what they do. No, no. You know, one, two, three by The Miz. It's over. What the fuck, WWE? This was probably the most abysmal uh, WrestleMania I've ever seen. Now, speaking of a rock, uh, The Rock returned out of nowhere about a month or two right, before yeah. this WrestleMania, like actually coming back to do something, not just saying hi or whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> not just cutting a promo and shitting on everyone. Right. He did that too, but he was also going to wrestle again. 
So he comes out. We finally have the big uh, Rock versus Cena like verbal confrontation series, right. right? Now, Rock was he here because he was like host or something of this WrestleMania? <laughs> I don't know. I can't I, keep he's, track. He's on the cover of it. I think he was the host because doesn't he open it with like a horrible promo? Yeah, yeah. It's poor host. Yeah. Can you taste it? Can you smell it? I don't know. Was this? I don't remember now. Is this like the first time that they had a host? It, it might be. I hate this it, host I thing. I do too. What is he, Missy Hyatt? Remember, remember I'm the your one, host. Remember for some reason the one we went to, Alexa Bliss was the host. Yeah, why? why wasn't she wrestling? Wasn't she a wrestler? Was she still recovering from an injury? I Maybe. Think? Maybe, but still, like the point is, is what you is this mean- host shit? Remember when like New Day hosted it for yeah. some reason? Why host. Do we, why do we need that? Why do we need a host? I don't want one. That's a wrestler. Well, that's the other thing. It's like, it's okay. Can we have like Regis be the host or something? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so The Rock comes out to open this WrestleMania and it's not a good promo. It doesn't go over well with the Georgia Dome crowd. Mm-hmm. And he calls out Cena, of course, because they're feuding and they're just, if you like middle school style insults, it's really good. Yeah. The, the best part of the whole feud is when Cena reverts back to his thugonomics like persona. It's yeah. always good when he does that. But anywho. The Miz had been the champion. Everyone's all upset because if you remember The Miz when he started in the WWF, right. he was a joke in, right. in the sense that this is the guy that made his name on MTV as a fucking reality star. Yeah, it's funny to think he was on the real world and that's something they like barely ever mention anymore. They don't need to they, now. Well, they don't want to either because <laughs> that's the whole thing. Yeah, you're right. It's like he was on real world and it was like literally a joke that in the on the show in the house. It's like, I want to be a WF wrestler yeah. or whatever. I like WF. Playing along with Mike with this whole Miz thing, becoming a character. Gotta give it to him. He did it. I can't believe he like literally actually like parlayed the fame from this like one season on this MTV show and said, no, I want to do that. that And he did it and he's had like a 20 year career or some shit. Practically. Yeah. Now he wasn't even new by this point when he won the title. He had already been wrestling for like five, six years. Right. So it wasn't like he was a, a some spring chicken. But people just seemed to hate him because he was an overachiever. It seemed right. like he was... Remember, he had the dumb... I'm talking like the Miz and Morrison era, right? He had the dumb hair. He had a dumb name. You know yeah, what but I mean? That, that team is where he became legitimate, if you recall. like People were like, hey, these guys are good. Yes, and everyone liked Morrison more, but Miz wound up being like the Shawn Michaels of it in terms Weirdly. of push. In terms yeah. of push at the time, well, that's right? Because Morrison was like, I'm not into this WF thing. <laughs> like, you know, remember he like went off and was like, I'm gonna do parkour and shit <laughs> like in Los Angeles. Like that that's like that's what happened. He's good in lucha just, though, man. Yeah, well that's he's when he great. reemerged. Johnny Mundo. Yeah, that's literally when he like came back to these like, hey, how how about I do this wrestling again? And he's great there. Yeah. Uh but anyway, so the Miz I guess most people would think of him as an irritant. Yeah. During the late 2000s, you know what I He's mean? Like, meant to be like a chicken shit, like Shawn Michaels, like early, man. early Shawn Michaels Ugh, version. Fat Shawn Michaels, yeah, chin like, lock version. Just annoying. Yeah, annoying. Or honky or somebody like that. Yeah. Like, why the fuck does this guy have a belt? That's exactly. Deal. It's supposed to piss you off that he's a champion. Right. So he heads into WrestleMania 27 as the champion and John Cena, who had been the champion not too terribly long earlier, back in 2010, the beginning part of like 2010. Seven times by this point. <laughs> Probably. And Cena obviously was no darling at this point either. Mm-hmm. It took like, I don't know, people still don't like him, but I think the majority now, they finally do. But it I took think a you're long just like, time. You're just an angry person if you don't <laughs> like John Cena at this point. Like, he, he never isn't entertaining. 
He tries, man. I mean, he, he, even when he comes, even he's part time now, even when he comes back for like a day, he puts in way more effort than even like The Rock or any of them usually put in when they come back. Yeah. You know, know. what I mean? Like, he yeah. really does. He's good, man. He yeah. is. But during this period of time, no one really thought he was good. Right. That was the problem. It was during the Super Cena era, even though he wasn't winning all the time and even though he hadn't been the champion this in over like a year. This like the start of that where they were like, we got to tone this down because yeah. people are getting a little annoyed with this. Like, think about this. Here's a list of people that were WWF champions the since Cena, since early 10. Batista, okay. Sheamus, okay. Randy Orn, and then The Miz. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. not like it was only Cena, but anyway. I mean, Sheamus, I mean, that's new back then. Bella. Yeah, that yeah. Was, he was really new. Yeah. So we go into this match here, and it's about a 15-minute match, and uh, Alex Riley, this is the, during the era where Alex Riley was, like, hanging out with he Miz all the time. like how they had the Edgekins, like he was the Mizkin, like, you know? <laughs> yes. Uh, and what happens here is The Rock pokes his nose in. And when The Rock pokes his nose in, he, <laughs> he rock bottoms uh, Cena. Yeah. And The Miz wins. Because The Rock Bottom is deadly back then. It is. It still is. It, it still always is. is. Right. The Rock just rock bottomed the number one contender for the WWE title. And look at Miz. Will Miz take advantage? Can Miz take advantage? And Miz pins Cena. Thanks to a rock bottom. Now, people seem upset about that, even though. I bet you it would have just been LOL Cena wins if he won, right? Right. If Cena won, it would have been, oh, this stinks. And if Miz, Miz finally wins, uh, honestly, at the time, I remember being like, that's great. The champion like, retained. I don't care how he wins. It, 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 Miz won. It's a curveball because yeah. like, you would think it's building to, well, obviously. He Cena's, didn't have it for a year. Right. He's going to win it back at WrestleMania. There, big win, right? Right. And they just do a curveball. And maybe, do you think, Quinn? That maybe that's what upset people so much is they didn't do what people were expecting. As weird as that the sounds. The internet wasn't right for once. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, I mean, to be fair here, Cena did win the belt back a month later at Extreme Rules. Yeah, so who cares? So it's not, he did your, get Your it life wasn't hampered that much. Right. And then they went on to the CM Punk thing, obviously, that everyone knows from 2011. But this was right before it got good again, right before yeah. the CM Punk thing started. And I think maybe, maybe what leaves a sour taste in people's mouths is that after the Miz, who like valiantly, like against all odds, hung in there and was able to defeat Cena with a little help from The Rock, who is left standing tall at the end of WrestleMania, but The Rock, of course, who, <laughs> who rock bottoms and probably people's elbows, The Miz, and WrestleMania ends with The Rock, the part-timer that just came back. Well, the host. I <laughs> yeah, mean, the host. should go off the air with the host, right? That'd be like Drew Carey winning the Price is Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Winning the Royal Rumble that year. (laughs) It goes off the air with Drew Carey standing tall. Move over, Parma. Drew Drew Carey to wrestle, pointing at the WrestleMania side. (laughs) It'd be funny if he climbed the turnbuckles and pointed and then he fell. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway. Bring it on, Steve Austin or whatever. (laughs) So, what do you, why do you think people voted this in, Quinn? I think because there was just a lot of anger. I think people really didn't like the Miz a lot. I it was but, more about the Miz. But so, aren't they from my memory of the time and on the internet, right? Yeah. It was more about that the Miz went over. That way that was not nobody gave a shit about the rock part. I, me- I don't remember anybody talking about that. Shouldn't they not like the Miz because he's the heel? Right. You're not supposed to like him, right? And even I was I'm, a little I'm, disappointed because I guess I don't know how it works. Yeah, I guess like people were saying, I think the disappointment factor is there because maybe people were hungry, even though they didn't want to say it. For like some, the return to normalcy, for right, the just w- Cena having the belt and yeah, warding like, off people for a while. Yeah, like until the next true like person came along, which would be CM Punk. CM Punk right? Yeah. It's like maybe people felt like 
why did they like if you look back now hindsight it's fine but it is curious that they would wait like two months or whatever to just then return to normalcy and not just do it at WrestleMania. True, no, that's fair. Do you think there's also some sour? Do you think there might be some sour? Because uh, The Rock then feuded with Cena the following year at WrestleMania. They have a match once in a lifetime, mm-hmm. right? Once, once, yes. Once in a lifetime, of course. And then isn't like the next night on Raw after that. This is 2012 mm-hmm. where The Rock's like, hey, we're going to fight for the title next year or something. So, okay, <laughs> this, is, this is what I wanted to really talk about with all of this is that this is like the catalyst to what went into the dumbest <laughs> two years of WF, like WrestleMania exclusive storyline. Right. Like where this, this storyline that only pertains to WrestleMania, but lasts for like two years yeah, it and it's dumb. It's this idea that literally the rocks, like, you know, I think after the Miz thing, it was like, well, we're going to fight at WrestleMania next year. Yeah. And he wins. Of, yeah. And not not wins. like that. The next pay-per-view. No, next it's year. Like, because I can't fucking hang around here. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I got a real job. So no matter what the shit you're doing by 12 months from now, John Cena, we're fucking fighting. We're fucking fighting. Right. And he wins. And they do it. Yeah, and, and, he, the, and on top of it, the, Cena, here's the thing from a kayfabe perspective, Cena, who's like, oh, you know, I'm. I'm I'm fighting all these people. I'm not rusty or whatever. Like, yeah. and and I'm winning and blah blah blah. How does he lose to the Rock after like the Rock's just like I don't know I'm making Scorpion King seven or some shit all year? You know what I mean? Like yeah. he just loses to the Rock, right? Making some movie where he's a friendly bus driver to save the kids. I'm making that up, right? But probably. And if that's not worse enough, <laughs> the next night the Rock's like, "Hey, dog, that was a good match. Uh, but how about this? What if we fight?" again next year <laughs> and this time it's for the wf title even though none of them have the wf title like CM none, punk did see so which means that some one of these two guys has to be like preordained to defeat whoever the hell the wwf champion is like a month before wrestlemania because the rock said this a year ago. Right. Like, so The Rock finishes filming Happy Larry 2 or whatever stupid movie he makes. Yeah. He comes into the Royal Rumble 13, beats CM Punk, which like I think that did piss people off. <laughs> because even CM Punk at the time says, we all know I'm going to lose because yeah. <laughs> you said this. Like, he said this on the show. He did. He did. <laughs> and it's exactly what happened. And then uh, Cena wins at 29. So what great story progression there. It's just um, stupid. It because, is stupid. It's, it's not like, good. It's like spoilers the storyline. Yeah, like they I know. told you everything that's going to happen before it happens and it doesn't make any sense in, in a fake universe. Right. So do you think that maybe retroactively people view the Miz Cena thing also as the start of all yes, this? Yes, I think that's part of the problem is they, they associate all of it. It's three WrestleManias of shit <laughs> combined into oh. one bullshit thing. Also, this... um. This WrestleMania doesn't have glowing reviews to begin with. Twenty-seven. Right. Uh, I personally didn't find it to be horrendous when I watched it back. Like a, twenty-seven. A year ago. This number sounds familiar. Does this have no. some kind of HBK shit at it? There, no. But here, here's why. I'll, I'll run down the card real quick before we move Once on. Once it got into the late twenties of WrestleMania, it was very confusing. I know at that point. No, which, I know which one was which. Edge uh, takes on Del Rio in the opener. He defeats him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cody Rhodes versus Rey Mysterio. Big Show Kane, Kofi Kingston, and Santino Morella <laughs> defeated your favorite, The Core. That was a team. <laughs> yes, uh, Ezekiel Jackson, Heath Slater, Justin Gabriel, and Wade Barrett. Well, good thing this they had Santino yeah. to, 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 to ward off The oh, Core, yeah. right? Yeah, this, He was the difference maker there. <laughs> this match was good. Uh, Orton defeated CM Punk. 
I like that one. That was a yeah. good match. Uh, Mike, this is why a lot of people hate it. Michael Cole defeated Jerry Lawler by DQ. Oh, this was Remember that. that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That match was really bad. And of course, The Undertaker defeated Triple H. Oh, right. It's <laughs> I gotta do uh, what Sean does. Uh, yeah. Remember we talked about that and last the week? More and more. <laughs> yep. But that's not the one. I hate that. I hate it. That's one of my most annoying guys. Like just on on the download, I cannot stand the idea of Triple H trying to like replicate Shawn Michaels' feud with the Undertaker or one up for like two years in a row, <laughs> yes. and it's so dumb. And then there was a very meaningless six man. Again, maybe there, there's some sour here. Morrison. Trish Stratus and Snooky. Oh, right. Was she the host also? Defeated Dolph Ziggler. Mm. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler. And Lay Cool, who I like. You know, I gotta say, I think I thought the Snooky thing was gonna be dumb, but I was, was okay. I, I was not really that offended by she, it. And she, also, I was a fan of Jersey Short, and I don't care if anyone has a problem with that, like, at the time. Because it was good. It was like a good reality show. For real? Can I show you this? How dirty the trash bag is? Look at this. What is that? T-shirt time. Yeah. <laughs> so I think there's several reasons why this is on there. I don't think the match is that great either. To yeah. be honest, like the Miz scene is not amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like 15 minutes. It's, it's a good length. 15, 20 is about my sweet spot for a WrestleMania main event. But one way or another, I think it's deserves to be on here. But we're going to have to see what else is on this list because I don't think this is like the worst no, I've ever seen. I really don't either. Yeah. We're done here. We're going to move yeah, on to number let's, two. Let's move on. All right. Let's have the fans count us down, folks, as we find out who drew number two. The new World Wrestling Federation champion, The Undertaker. <laughs> Speaking of Sid, Quinn, Sid, oh. world champion defending against The Underwear Taker, WrestleMania 13. I didn't like this. No, I didn't either. Well, because, so here's the thing with this match. Go ahead. Is that I think my biggest problem is is you can tell it wasn't supposed to be the main event. Well, it's like especially in a time where everything was very like planned ahead and shit. You know you can blame for that, right? Yeah, I know who I can blame for it, and I don't like that I have to blame that person, <laughs> but it is his fault. Shawn Michaels, he's talking about. Yeah, just being clear here. Now let's um let's talk about the background here real quick. Now WrestleMania 13 obviously is known really for one match and one match only as being good of any value with that that would be, of course be Bret Hart versus Steve Austin. We right. all know that, right? WrestleMania 13 Heat. Yeah, Heat. <laughs> it's also known as that. <laughs> and it's That's from- like the first time they ever like tried something dumb like that. Remember it didn't have the Roman numeral. It yeah, was it didn't just like right. we had like a subtitle. It's not like, a good one either. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just a very heat. weird what the fuck are you talking about? What heat? what heat? March. Kane's not even in the WF yet. <laughs> They're like ahead of their time with that one. <laughs> Who are they referring to? I, uh, heat. The the wrestlers have heat yeah. amongst themselves. Yeah. Oh Sean lost his knee. That's why. Heat. Heat. His um, knee needed some icy hot. <laughs> The heat. The heat. Now, this is from the Rosemont, which is a great wrestling venue and looks awful. Now, the background here is Sid had been the world champion, right? Mm-hmm. We know that. He won it from Shawn Michaels at Survivor Series 96. So he's a big player, good player. Mm-hmm. Shawn wins it back in the Alamo Dome. Um, and it's the last time we see Jose Lothario with him, good. which is good. That, uh, that was. <laughs> I think that's the real victory of Royal Rumble 97 or whatever. Yeah, now he's fine there. A month later, he cries on the TV with uh, Vince and tell me a lie, Joe. <laughs> Vince even looks like I don't believe this bullshit when he's talking to me. He's like this <laughs> full of shit motherfucker here. And uh, he, you know he would have been more believable if he didn't grow the beard for just that time or whatever. 
It made him look more like a liar. <laughs> to say. And for you to say that, I give you... I know that takes a lot, Quinn, for yeah. you to say that. I'm just you know? saying, it's like the beard was weird. His stash was trash. Yeah. So anyway, he's not going to be the... So, so what had happened, right, is the, the Royal Rumble ended very poorly, right? Because... <laughs> Steve Austin illegally won, and Gorilla Munson's like, fuck it, all four guys are going to have a final four match. And they did. It was chaos. It was chaos. It was a great yeah. period of time. Right? I mean, the, the whole, to be honest with you, what's funny about this being a bad main event is the whole buildup from oh, Sean regaining it to the smile and all this whatever, like all of this actually is a great like story it's great it's a great story even with all of its like nonsense right and it's believable every guy wants the belt everyone's fed up with the bullshit yeah like you've always said like that that pre-attitude period of time where everyone's like fuck you i want the belt like they yeah. don't care if you're heel or face bret hart is losing his shit in the meantime yep. it's all good mm -hmm. it's and in the middle of it is sid who's amazing in the whole thing. yeah he's so good but anyway so instead of it being a, a number one contender's final four uh, it's going to be for the world title. Brett wins it, loses it the next day to Sid, and we're going to have Austin versus Brett at right. WrestleMania because Brett because, pissed at Austin. Right, and he lost it to Sid, if you're wondering. It's because Sid was, like, promised his rematch Correct. or something from Shawn Michaels Correct. back then. Yes, from, from the, the Rumbles, Rumble. and he never got it. Right. So, like, even though Brett won it, he was, like, forced to defend it the next night against the guy who should have been the number one contender in the fucking first place, Correct. right? So they sort all that out. Right. And Undertaker, meanwhile, is like, well, I want the fucking belt, finally. And Michaels is injured, <clears throat> so he can't wrestle at WrestleMania, so it's going to be Bret Austin. That takes care of that pairing. Mm -hmm. And the Undertaker is the number one contender. Thus, we have WrestleMania. Now, a couple of things about this. Sid was awesome during this period of time. We've talked about he that. He was good. But he is not... One to, um, despite all the glowing things we said about him, he is not one to carry anyone to a good wrestling match. Or is he one to um, stick around for more than a couple months because he's got softball? Just okay. saying, just like that's that, that's a big part of it. Kyle. We're, we're gonna we're gonna finally quash all this. What do you mean? He got into a car accident in July of '97 or June, maybe, and he couldn't wrestle for a while. Excuse me. No, he did. That's I thought real. he had to go play softball. He has said that the only time he played softball was when he couldn't wrestle in 97, 98, 99. That's so around it. this time. After he got into a car accident, mm -hmm. yes. Okay. He Professional has, softball, He has right? said it makes no sense to leave the money of wrestling to play <laughs> recreational, recreational softball. Has he acknowledged softball. that a lot of people like me... Yes, he thinks it's dumb that people think that. <laughs> well, who? I... It's I a stupid rumor that got started <laughs> by, like... Thing. I'm blaming Scott Keith. Here's the thing. Like Herb you, Coons or you know somebody. You what the funny part is? Is you fed that to me. I know, because I read it on the internet, but I was like 14. <laughs> and I have... It's still in my head to this day. It's not why. Because it's so much more harmless and a better story. I like it better. Than like, <laughs> I, he got in a car accident. No, I it know. It sounds I know. better. I know. Anyway, let's just... Uh, let's move on to the Sid Undertaker match. So Sid, not he's not there to put on a, a dazzling display of wrestling. No. <laughs> it's not his role. The kick ass is what he's there to do. Correct. And The Undertaker, while a great... I'm not going to take this away from him. It, he knows what the fuck he's doing in a wrestling ring, clearly. Like, he, everyone has said that he's professional. Mm -hmm. He knows what a good match is. But when he's in there with a guy like Sid, I don't know what you can really expect. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Undertaker works great with, like, a, a Shawn Michaels, yeah. a Bret Hart, you yeah. know, somebody like that. Now, now, an interesting thing about this match... I will say is that it is a culmination of the Undertaker storyline since 1991 or whatever. Yes, correct. Which that you always point out. This is this is the actual end, yeah. the payoff to that. Yeah, and I'll just for those of you that are newer, I'll give you a Cliff Notes version. 
Undertaker went wherever Paul Bearer told him to. Right. Right. So in 1991, Paul Bearer's like, no, we're going to beat fuck Hulk Hogan. We're going to win the title. Right. And he does. And he does because he doesn't lose. Right. He's the Undertaker. But then Hogan equally cheats back and right. throws the dust in his face, the, uh-huh. <laughs> the ashes. But Jack Tony's like, no, fuck both of you. Vacant. Right. So the Undertaker's like, okay, I'll just win the Royal Rumble. Right. But he doesn't. Right. And then Jake Roberts. Now, Paul Bearer decides Jake Roberts is a real asshole. Yeah. So Undertaker's got to like get involved there. Right. But he's really like his aim is to get the belt back. Correct. It's always it, this, yeah. this, the catalyst is he had it and right. he wants it back. That's all he wants. But then Kamala comes back out of nowhere and Harvey Whippleman is like, no, fuck you. So he's got to deal with Kamala the rest of 92. And then Harvey Whippleman is like, oh, here's a really tall man, Johnny mm-hmm. Gonzalez. Now you deal with him. Now Undertaker's 93 is fucked, right? Finally, he gets to the champion, Yokozuna. They're right, they square off at Survivor Series in their in their respective teams. Yeah, and then Jeff Jarrett and friends at Royal Rumble come out. The guy dies. Yeah. They kill him. They kill him. When he, he didn't even lose like fairly no. that match. He got literally the the entire every heel on the roster came out and beat him up. Including Teneru. Like yeah. I was like to say, including Teneru. Yes. yes. By the time Undertaker comes back, there's a fake version of him that he's got to deal with. And then Ted DiBiase is like, oh no, you squashed my fake version. Here's every crappy heel that I have. Tatanka, IRS, Bam Bam Bigelow. Well, he's not crappy. King Kong Bundy, Nikolai Volkov. Deal with all of them. Okay, he does, right? Goes through them. Yeah, oh, we we have to keep noting all through this. Every I feel like every single time the Undertaker would deal with someone, he was like, and next I'm coming after the world title, <laughs> right. like, or whatever. And yes. It, it's like, oh, here comes some other asshole, like, just in the way. And here's an asshole. King Mabel comes in, breaks yeah. the Undertaker's face. He's got to wear a dumb mask, looks like a stupid <laughs> idiot for a few months, right? <laughs> he finally gets him the hell out of there, and Mo, sadly. And he's like, all right, Bret Hart, I'm going to fucking win the title. I'm, I might be five years late, but I'm winning it back. Bret's right. like, you know, no, you're not. And uh, he doesn't, right? D- Diesel interferes now. Yeah. So now Undertaker's got to fucking beat Diesel. <laughs> Always somebody interferes. And he beats him. Yeah. <laughs> so then Undertaker's going about his business, and now Mankind debuts. I don't know where the guy's missing an ear. Yeah. Wears a mask, doesn't feel pain. Mankind's fucking around with Taker throughout 96. Paul Bear decides I like Mankind better, turns on the Undertaker, hits him with an urn. Undertaker dies again. Yes. And then he comes back and he's dressed like Dracula Leather Edition. He's got wings that one time. It's really weird. Finally, he's like, fuck it, I'm getting the title back. And here we are. Yeah. Okay. Now, Undertaker wins. But Quinn, obviously, one of your favorite things about this is a little note that JR mentions. That is the attire he wore. When he won the title in 1991, <laughs> remember? Yeah, Jagger and Vince like both comment on his attire. They're which... very, they're very vocal about this. It resembles him in fact, and it's not exactly the way the very first time we saw it. Listen to this response. The first time we saw the Undertaker in 1991 at a WrestleMania, he beat a Hall of Famer, Superfly Jimmy Snuka, wearing the exact same type of attire. The the thing in this match that everyone remembers is the Undertaker is wearing his like Undertaker version one gray like pre yeah. the pre when the fake Undertaker came and wore it right yeah pre purple like, pre fake crush wearing it or whatever yeah. <laughs> yeah the best part of this match is uh, the attire and when Bret Hart comes out in the beginning mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just because he can mm-hmm. it's just like such an asshole yo fuck both of you I don't like it and you know what <laughs> everyone knows I'm the best it's like. Go away! Now he's a heel. Remember, yeah. now he's a heel. So, and then doesn't Sid powerbomb him or something? I swear, choke slam. Probably. Him. He's like, get the fuck out of here! 
out of here. I'll beat you. And uh, I like how, like, at this point, Brett is so fucking annoying. Yeah, it's great, though. He's just, everyone knows that I should be in the main event always because I'm the best. Well, he did beat Steve Austin. I do a horrible Bret Hart impression. What is that? To me, that's like. Everyone knows that I'm the main event. Because that's angry Bret Hart. You know, I thought I should be in the championship match at the WrestleMania. (laughs) It's like the most Bret Hart shit at the beginning. It's so good. That is is exactly the mind of Bret the Hitman Hart. Love it. Like the character. But it's great. It's good heel work. Yeah, and Sid yeah. and Undertaker are both like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you <laughs> right. are not the number one. You, <laughs> right. you, you beat Austin. That's great. Yeah, like, good for you. Yeah, just shoo. We're, we're, <laughs> we are scheduled to fight for the title, not you. Right. And anyway, like we said, Undertaker wins. And there's that notable, the one notable nice moment there is he like does this, the, the salute with the belt on one knee or whatever. Yep. And he gets very creaturey at this point. A in time. lot of creature. Remember now there now there's creatures of the nights in the crowd. Yeah, and he wears the hat. The like Morticia Adams yeah. look alike and Gomez out there. What'd you think of that leather hat? Yeah, leather hat I never liked it. it. Was bad this led to a weird Undertaker look, too. I know. But I it got li- better. This whole thing was odd. Like he like weirdly fought Steve Austin afterwards. He did, yeah, in, yeah. in May. It was like they finally gave us what we want, right? Undertaker finally like gets the belt back, and then yeah. it sucks. It's not that good. Yeah, the part, chase was better. The chase was better, and part of it is because he didn't. I mean, Austin was a good opponent, but what else did he really do? I mean, he fought Farouk for crying out loud, a king of the weird. ring. I just felt they were just waiting to like give it to Bret Hart again because he was like on fire at oh that my point. God, wasn't he? Like from the point the Undertaker won it to the point he lost it to Bret Hart eventually. Bret at was the bigger star. Bret it's was not... the whole time, and and also like and Austin was, was. I even feel like there was some speckle of like Shawn Michaels farting around during all this time. Like well, Austin and Shawn were a tag team, and then yeah. they feuded. Yeah, yeah, no, there was like good. better things than Undertaker. Correct. So this whole thing was doomed from the beginning. Yeah, it's not Undertaker's fault. Yeah, Austin, you know? Shawn, Brett, like doing stuff. Do you think that this got voted on because a the match is really like it is bad. It's like a bear hug for half the match. It's yeah, not good. I mean, the match isn't good. But here's the thing: is the whole pay per view other than the Austin Brett stuff is terrible. Yeah, Remember that weird like Chicago it's thing? Okay, but again, it, okay. Yeah, the, the consider. I think it's a disappointment factor main event. It's, yeah. it, that is that is why it's on this list because, like we said, the build up to this is amazing. Yeah, because everyone's build up is good because everyone's completely absorbed in this like fight for the title, yeah, right? So agreed. it's like the even the Undertaker Sid feud itself is good because it is good, it's yeah. part of this and it's like, a, it's a believable feud yeah we kind of get robbed of it in 92 when sid had to leave to play softball right. every single thing is good during this time it's yeah. just the match is stinky it's really bad and this isn't the one contrary to popular belief where sid crapped his pants what i do believe that, that that's a thing i never even heard <laughs> yeah. of that i do believe that happened but i don't think it was uh supposed to be a wrestlemania but anyway oops would you agree the right guy won Undertaker yeah, I mean, won, it was right? time, right? It was like, time for him to win the belt. Give it a shot. Sid had a good run. He did. No, yeah. he was. it was a great period for him. Yeah, and the crowd, I think, um, was happy that Undertaker won. I think the problem with this match is, yeah, it's not good. And this isn't a Hogan-Andre where it can afford to be that yeah. bad. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Just WrestleManias in general. It feels really weird whenever the Undertaker wins a belt at WrestleMania. I don't know why. Even when he, like, beat Batista that time, it just... That was it, good, though. It's just, I'm not you. To me, what The Undertaker does at WrestleMania is like his entrance is supposed to be the whole, the whole thing. That's right? like the best thing he does. Right, because it's cool. It like they cool. have like the budget to make it awesome. Yeah. So, like, it should be amazing entrance, amazing ending, but he should really just beat whatever 
slob is is up next and it shouldn't really be for anything like you know what i mean like that's i that's ultimately like always my problem with the undertaker he's not that kind of character like the title means nothing to him in the end of the day it's true i mean the the phrase doesn't need the title gets thrown out he's one of those characters who really never ever needs the belt like he would have been fine and just as well remembered if he didn't win it but they gave or if he had it once and that was like that's it yeah but they gave it a shot yeah I, i never liked the Sid Undertaker match itself. I like the idea that they did it. I like that he won. Right. It's a bad match. It's at a poor WrestleMania. Yeah. It's in the Rosemont, your favorite. I, I get why it's on here. I think it's, is it ranking time? Yeah, sure. What do you think's worse? I think Undertaker Sid might be worse. I do too. But I want to make sure we're correct about that. We, okay. We obviously, this is scientific. It's not like we just do this willy nilly. Right. Using our own opinion. Yeah. We would never do that. There's science here, Quinn. There is. We there experiment. Is. I think the beakers. Thing, yeah, Go beakers. Ahead. I think the thing was with Miz and Cena. Listen, I don't remember all the details, and I guess we'll get to it when we review that pay per view eventually. But, but um, the thing is, I don't remember it being like an awful match or it's anything not awful. Like from a match perspective. Most of John Cena's matches aren't horrible. No, that's the one thing you can't criticize John Cena. I don't remember there ever being a bad Johnson like for real I'm I don't sure remember he had him but I don't sure like on Raw or some shit well, but I mean, like everyone has bad matches on Raw I'm sure at house shows too because yeah, he, he only wrestled more than fucking everyone ever <laughs> back then yeah I know John Cena really like doesn't get enough credit for being like he wrestled for a longer period of time and more consistently than like Hulk Hogan in that role oh he was in a the Hulk Hogan role he was an absolute warrior but the thing is He's known as Big Magic John or whatever for a reason, right? Because like, he never doesn't at least show up. So from a match perspective, it's, yeah. This is better, a better wrestling match than yeah. Undertaker Sid, no doubt about it. Now, do I care as much? No. no. But again, rock the, host feud. <laughs> host. At the time, though, Quinn, I didn't care about Undertaker Sid really either, to be absolutely honest it was the most minor thing in the in the <laughs> all-encompassing like with all those guys wf title thing it was it was odd for it to end that whole giant feud to end on the undertaker is the one yeah like you know what i mean like you, that's not the person you would think would stand tall at the end. it's probably in all honesty i think what people who people thought who would at the end of this whole mess it would either be sean or brett uh-huh. Right? Like that 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 yep. seemed to ultimately yep. be the sol- the solution to yes. all of this, right? But it wasn't either of them. And Brett and Austin were still the talk of the town after this event because of their friggin' awesome right. match. I mean, Brett was like you said one of the most on fire things in wrestling. He had Austin as his, you know, villain. So, yeah, Undertaker Sid is not good. <sighs> Isn't Sean a commentary in that Undertaker Sid thing? Yeah, too? and that's not a point in <laughs> its favor. Well, I mean, he's a veteran commentator by that point. <laughs> he's awful at it. Doesn't he also do like a backflip into the ring on it and his knee hurts? Don't worry about it. Fucking guy. Um, <laughs> that's kind of, you know, it's funny you're mad about it because it's kind of the point of how like just absolutely annoying he is during that whole mess. It's not supposed to be annoying though. Yes, but that's part of the problem. Like that's what makes it all work. Are you justifying this I'm somehow? just saying it's like he's like, He's like on the side, like super kicking people when it's not it's irritating. <laughs> yeah. It's so aggravating. It makes the whole thing more chaotic. It to does. Me. Yeah, it like does. That's, that's what's really funny about it. <sighs> this is hard because there's no real redeeming quality to Ms. Cena, Quinn. No, it really isn't good. I, I, that might be worse. Now that I really think about it, at least here, the Undertaker finally won the world title back. Mm-hmm. I know the match is a piece of shit. Right. It is. It's a really bad match, and I'm not Mr. Match, but it, it's boring as fuck. 
the Undertaker yeah. Sid match. It's think, really do shitty. You think part of that too is because nothing seems to matter after Brett Austin on that pay per view. It's like a timing thing because yep. they just blow it out of the water so oh hard. My God, yeah. That, I think the next match is the the Chicago Street Fight or yeah. something, and, and, and like which would no, normally be good. No, it's 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 a brawl. It's, it's typical fine. fun brawl. It thing, is, but nobody gives a shit no. anymore. Like everyone's like, we saw the best thing. Why? What is this? What right. is this garbage? We saw Ken Shamrock suplex Bret Hart for crying out loud. Austin yeah. passed out, blood all over his they face. They fought all over the crowd. These right. two just fought all over the crowd. Why? Why do we need to watch this again? Yeah, I know that's true. That's yeah. a good point. Oh man. Ah, Ms. Cena, there isn't a title change, which is so. annoying at the end of a WrestleMania. That's usually what it's there for. Yeah, but people, some people, I remember some people laughing some and happy, being happy yeah. because you were it, one of them. finally Cena got, like, he finally lost in a big match. I know. It was like the first time. Yeah. But The Rock stands tall at the end of it all. Well, you know, no, I, no, Miss Cena's worse, Quinn. At least Undertaker Sid is logical Fine. storytelling. I'll, no, I'll, I'll right. I'll bow to that. I don't That's think. All. Again, I don't think it's. I don't think it will end up being like the number one thing on this list. Neither of these will. Yeah, there's no. There's way. no way. There's right? no way. Undertaker Sid. Just for the record, so don't, no one mischaracterizes me. I'm not even being biased towards like older wrestling by saying it's better. At least Undertaker Sid is a title change. And it was logical within the flow of the story. And he wore those classic trunks. Well, um, that's the best yeah, part. Yeah. Um, Ms. Cena is a better wrestling match, but it's not satisfying. Right. Undertaker said, at least you can say, okay, Undertaker won next chapter of the story now. Ms. Cena, at Cena least, just wins the next month. At least it concludes the epic world title <laughs> yeah. chase of the Undertaker that was like five years or something. That's the only thing. Six I mean, years. It's crap. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but it's mm-hmm. a little bit less crap than uh, it's crap that matters a little more. Okay. So we're done? Yeah. That'll conclude week one? There you go. All right, folks. So for week number one of the Royal Flush of WrestleMania main events, we've got The Miz versus John Cena, WrestleMania 27 at number one. And number two, The Undertaker versus Sid, WrestleMania 13. Folks, let us know yours. Let us know which one you think is better, which one you think is worse. You can do that again on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or do what all the cool kids are doing these days and join the group. But Michael, when we come back, we are going down south to WCW. Oh, yeah. We are going to visit a very odd period of time, the beginning of a weird time in WCW's history. It is WCW World Championship Wrestling from 1991. And it is coming up right after this. It's the biggest pay-per-view spectacular of the year. WrestleMania. Do yourself a favor and stay at home. The reigning champion is indeed the man. But this phenom from the dark side will go to great depths to possess the powers of the gold. Won't survive. WrestleMania. This leader and his disciples have mastered the art of domination. But in the brutal, unforgiving Chicago street fight, this one-man gang plans to dismember an entire nation. Prepare to be dominated. WrestleMania. This angry hitman has a score to settle, but his targets are renowned stone-cold killer as well. Somebody's gonna get their ass whipped. Action. Adventure. Danger. There's only one WrestleMania, and it only happens once a year. Presented live March 23rd by PlayStation. Hello, wrestling fans. It's time to shout out our friends of the show now. These are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling. 
kind of like OVP. Let's start with the best of Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking filthy. We're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast. We're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the NWA each week. And then for a whimsical journey led by one man, Pete Winson, check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF. It might be WCW. It could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about booking the territory and Greetings from Allentown. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks again for being with us here. It's episode 212. Quinn. Yes? Every season in the beginning of the season, we like to go down to WCW, see what they're up to. Mm, go check on them. Go yeah. check on them. I mean, last week we checked on the WWF, that weird episode of Challenge, Kurt Hennig. Right. Doc. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your favorite. Doc. Yeah, Doc. Doc. Uh, but now we're going down to WCW, and we're doing the... Uh, WCW show that was called World Championship Wrestling. Now, this would be Saturday night, correct? <laughs> uh, in 92, yeah. Okay. So, this, this is that show. This was a show, folks, that was originally Georgia Championship Wrestling, mm-hmm. the Georgia Territory. That's not Crockett. Vince bought the promotion. This is that company. Put, this is that <laughs> show. Yeah. Put the Jesse Ventura matches on there or whatever he did and in 84. Dick Murdoch and <laughs> yeah, Dick. Adrian Adonis and stuff. Then was like, oh, this sucks. And Ted Turner's like, can you please sell this shit? It's terrible. Yeah, Vince. we don't. Can you. <laughs> Give us back the good wrestling, please. So Jim Crockett bought it instead and made the World Championship Wrestling program. This is the two-hour show. However, this is a one-hour edition. And in 1992, it was retooled into WCW Saturday Night. Right. And that was the one that was initially like kind of like the audience format with like Missy Hyatt. I'm your host. And then like JR in like a swivel chair. (laughs) And Jesse Ventura. Yeah. You don't like me because I make more money than you. Right, right, right. (laughs) It's real. Anyway. This is a one-hour version, and it's from July 13th, 91. Now, I want to mention this specific period of time, Quinn. Jim Hurd, who you might have heard of. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I've eaten his pizza. <laughs> probably ate his pizza in the yeah. late 80s. He had been uh, the executive vice president or whatever the hell stupid title they have. Since early 89. How come nobody's ever just the president of WCW? You're not allowed to be or something. Just Ted Turner. <laughs> I don't know. He's the true president or something. But, like, if he wanted to, he could come down from the mountain and, like, override could. Jim Hurd. Bischoff eventually became the president, like, later. Executive or vice something. president. But then he became the president. Yeah. They, like, changed it in Finally. 97 or 8 or 9 or whatever. But anyway, Jim Hurd had been running the show here, unfortunately, for a couple of years. Since early 89. Now, to be fair to Jim Hurd, who, by the way, I believe has an interview with Conrad. I don't know how much it costs. Probably 30 bucks or something Whoa, on their Patreon. Expensive. I don't know. I'm just joking around. Well, I'm sure you are. So I don't know a lot about him and right. his perspective on things. But here's what I do know. He did try to be competitive, mm-hmm. as all good people do when they're Business in leadership. People, right. Yeah. And he did have issues with Ric Flair. To me, that doesn't go hand in hand with competitive. Right, it's like, a paradox, yeah. right? They're <laughs> loggerheads with each other. I want to be competitive, but I don't want the biggest talent we have to work for us. What? To a, to a point. I guess they had money issues, right? I don't want to pay the biggest talent yeah. we have. Right. And he also, there's a rumor, I don't know if it's true, it probably is, that he wanted Ric Flair to adopt a new gimmick, you know, shave his head, put it in an earring, become Spartacus. I don't know what the fuck that's all about, if it's true or not. If it's true, it's a hideous idea. It's terrible. You got Ric Flair here, right? Yeah. Now, to be fair to Flair, he had had a ponytail, so he, it was not a good era for him with his hairstyle. Yeah. Then he had the bowl cut. The bowl cut I got used to, though. I could deal with the ponytail. That no, wasn't no, no. good. Yeah. Rick hair. There's honestly no need for that. July 1st, 
1991. That is 12 days before this episode came out. Jim Hurd fires Ric Flair. What a great move. The world well, champion. The world, <laughs> when he's the way he didn't even have him lose it. No, no. He uh, had the belt. Now, Flair, rather famously, had that $25,000 deposit on the belt, which was customary during that period of time. Because it was still NWA. Yes, right. technically. And so, the NWA so that, didn't strip him. Those rules still apply. Yes. Yes. The big gold belt. Now, Ric Flair was supposed to be heading into the Great American Bash, defending against Lex Luger. Yes. And it was legend versus legacy. Promoted as Luger's finally the big shot for Lex Luger. But now the champion's gone. That's the period of time we're in. Now, we all know Flair would, within weeks, be promoted in the WWF, you know, by August, September. And have the NWA belt with him. Still with him for a while. And we all know how that story went. So why we're doing this here, it happened to be a one-hour version, and it's the beginning of a very odd <laughs> Ric Flair-less time in WCW. So, Quinn, without any further ado, it is WCW World Championship Wrestling one-hour edition, July 13, 91, and we open with the pizza man himself, Jim Hurd's announcement that last week, as of last week, Ric Flair is no longer there due to contract issues and also because Jim Hurd's kind of a dummy. The parties have been unable to arrive at a mutually satisfactory contractual relationship. Literally lost WCW's top stars to the WWF because he's an idiot. Yeah, it's not good business sense. That's it's all just, I'm saying. On, on every level, it looks bad. Like, forget about creative. You yeah. know what I mean? Just from a business point of just view. Just from, like, not good. wrestling, to be quite honest with you, Joe, is about having, like, a big star at, at the, like, one of them. At yeah. the very least, it's the main problem with WWF right now. To me, this is, like, a self-induced mistake. Right. Because the evidence that Ric Flair... He wanted to stay there. Yes. Is that he like as soon as like somebody else was running the company, he fucking left the WWF. And what's interesting <laughs> too is that Jim Hurd really isn't here much longer. Yeah, he would be replaced by Kip Fry, who well, was I, like, "Gee, I wonder why." <laughs> like, uh, you lost Ric Flair. I can't. I can't see Ted Turner in the he board meeting. Flair. Yeah, I can't see Ted Turner in the the next board meeting after that being um okay with that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, we have nobody now. We're so, screwed. So anyway, Quinn. <laughs> like, seriously, could you imagine the media, the next, like, board meeting? What'd you do with Rick? Yeah. Wait, Rick Flair doesn't work? What, what is this? How'd you do that, you idiot? Yeah. So now, Quinn, the world title is vacant. Cool. <laughs> so we get, like, a, mi a very minor splash intro there. Yeah, nice exploding crystal opening. <laughs> yeah. WCW is exploding. <laughs> and uh, Jim Ross, ha, welcomes us, and he's with Paul E. Dangerously. Yeah, it's a WrestleMania 17 preview. <laughs> there you there. go. Yep. I'm Jim Ross, along with Paul E. Dangerously. We'll be at ringside calling the acts, and we've got a great broadcast. And this is obviously Paul is like very Michael Keaton, Johnny oh, Dangerously yeah. here yep. still. And uh, Jim Ross, very Gordon Soley light. You know, hi, mm -hmm. folks. Welcome to WCW, that mm -hmm. type of thing. So, Quinn, tomorrow at the Bash, Lex Luger's going to be taking on the number two contender, Barry Windham, to determine the new champion. That was quick. Yeah, they had to pick somebody. Number two contender. That's what they that say. That sounds very stupid. Yes, it does. They, that's also because this was during that time where they actually were ranking. The power rankings. The power. Very so they, 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 You can actually, like, use the power rankings <laughs> yeah. in this case. Barry Windham. I'm sure it's going to go really well. This is this is why they had the power rankings all along, so they could fire Ric Flair. <laughs> the long game. They're yeah. playing the long game. Uh, JR also tells us that tonight, 
on this program, we're going to have a six-man tag with a bounty on the line. Is this about paper towels? <laughs> like something with yellow dogs? Pillman is out of town? No idea what's happening here. <laughs> Don't this worry. is so confusing. We'll fill you in later. They didn't really like, exp- if you were a new viewer watching, so what the fuck are they talking about? Like yeah, a they bounty did, yellow dog they just, said, Pillman. <laughs> they just started just saying things like bounty yellow dog Pillman. Seriously, this is horrible for like new viewers. It if was. You think about it. Well, they only got an hour, they don't have as much time as normal. Yeah, say. I guess that's the excuse, right? We send up to Gary Michael Capetta now where some poor 50s rock comes on. God, it was just, oh. so terrible. Ladies and gentlemen, this contest on World Championship Wrestling, it is set for one fall. Teddy Long, him, he brings out his latest acquisition here. Johnny B. Bad. Now, of mm-hmm. course, this is the early heel era of Johnny B. Bad. Yeah, his little Richard form in the music, Joe. It's terrible. It is, and it's awful. <laughs> and I like WCW music usually. Like, and this is bad. And it's dubbed in way too loud. Like, you know what I mean? They the do dub it with in, all of it. Yeah. In it's, this. It's poor. His opponent is Johnny Rich. That's a lot of Johnny here to start. <laughs> yeah. T- too much of Johnny. Now, Johnny Rich looks like Tracy Smothers if he was run over by a street sweeper or something. And he's Tommy Rich's actual cousin. Oh, if I you care. I that, don't care. Rich. Yeah. <laughs> Horrible. Anyway, Bad makes a big scene on the ropes, dances with Teddy Long. A straight up singles match here. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Holla. Yeah. Um, anyway, Pee Wee Anderson's going to be our ref wearing the black and white stripes. I always like Pee Wee Anderson. He's good. Yeah, he's excellent. He's very good. Uh, he should have been the senior official. Wait, wait, wait. Is he the one where it's like my family or whatever? <laughs> Was he that? Eventually. Mr. Bischoff, here's my kid. Yeah, that <laughs> whole thing. He's good. Yeah. I love Pee-wee. Anyway, the music is still on way too loud. We get a bell, lock up, bad stalls here. Teddy towels him down. We get another lock up. The announcers, meanwhile, are busy talking about Iron Anderson and Larry Zabisco. Uh, more stalling by bad. This heel little richer version of him stinks. I agree. It's bad. See it's, what you did there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is bad. He No, he's not, in my opinion, it's not good until he's a face in like 94. Mm-hmm. He's good as a face, though. Yeah. 94, 95, Excellent 96. Yeah. Remember, right. he's like on fire in 96 and he, he leaves. He's amazing. Him and DDP. They're so good. <laughs> so good. We're like obliged to talk about that anytime we bring him up, but Johnny be good at that <laughs> point. Exactly. We get a lockup. Bad turns his back. So Rich says, fuck it, and just drop kicks him out of the ring. Bad and Teddy make a big fuss on the outside. And Johnny's like, that boy's going to feel tuna fruity now. You get your hands off of Johnny B. Bad. Don't touch him. That right boy now. is going to feel the tuna fruity now. JR. Well, whatever that is. Can I just <laughs> say that having your special movie called the Tutti Fruity is stupid? It's so it sounds so unthreatening. Is this the idea though? Maybe, right? I guess. Is this you know what I ju- literally listen, I've been watching wrestling for like twenty seven years or some shit. Yeah. I just realized this is kind of like their version of the honky tonk man. It's fake honky tonk man, kind of. It is. Yeah. It it's, is it's this little Richard and yes. all this. But you know, here's the thing. Can I just say Paul Hammond is like extra fucking annoying on the commentary it's here? Supposed to be he's because a heel. as soon as he says, "I'm gonna land the tutti frutti" <laughs> or whatever he says, right? Like Paul Heyman's like, you know what that is, Jr. That's he's gonna land the wop bop a doo bop wop bamboo on him. Like he says this, he does. It's real. Well, whatever that is, like, what's that? His left hand. That means he's gonna wind up and give him a wop bop a loop up a wop bamboo. At least they're being consistent with Little Richard's songs, and it's not like Honky where they've got Peggy Sue. What does that even mean, though? The wop, bop, a boo, bop, the blop, like what? It's the lyrics in Tootie Fruity. No, I get it, but what does that mean by landing that 
word ex- consistent? What does that mean? It, it just means he's good. Okay. <sighs> okay. Remember when Little Richard did the Taco Bell commercials in the 90s? They were good. <laughs> That's how he made his comeback, <laughs> right? Yes, it is. Anyway, back in corner whip by bad charge and a monkey flip. JR calls bad PN News. No, not the same person, JR. And PN News flips him right out of the corner. Or excuse me, Johnny Woo! be bad. Not bad news. <laughs> Slingshot sunset flip into the ring by bad. That was poor. Yeah, it was bad, all right? Because he like almost like <laughs> fell off the top right horrible. before that. It was so bad. And Teddy Long's like, don't pin him with that. That's yeah. real. It actually <laughs> happens. Hey, 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 no, no, no. No, no. Uh, Teddy Long interrupted that camp by saying, don't pin him now. Uh, side headlock by Bad, shove off, shoulder block, sends Rich down off the ropes, hip toss by Rich. Good. <laughs> Circle, lock up, arm ringer by Rich, reverse by Bad, kick off by Rich. Bad dicks around now as the announcers talk about how Johnny B. Bad is a better rapper than PN News, and mm-hmm. Paul Paul reads one of those raps, which essentially the point of it is that it calls PN News fat. And I'm okay with this. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> then he asked JR, isn't that brilliant? Oh yeah, Einstein-like. Uh, Rich tries a few punches. But bad moves, you know, ducks and dodges. You know, because Golden Gloves or whatever. <laughs> it's real. Anytime somebody won the Golden Gloves, who are the two people in wrestling? Piper. Johnny B. Bad and Piper, right? <laughs> they always like, like learn boxing there, Golden Gloves champion that year. Very good. Lock up, more laying on the ropes. That stinks. Isn't this a jobber match? Like, can it just end <laughs> yeah, already? Who the fuck is Johnny Rich? I'm like, not trying to be mean. Like seven minutes or something at this point, and I'm like, what the fuck? I hate that. That is not how I always. I will say it till the cows come home. But like, <laughs> that needs to not be a thing. An opener that lasts as long on like a regular TV show. Well, with a jobber or an alleged job, who is this yeah. guy, Johnny Rich? It's one thing if you're opening with two main wrestlers, right. but this is not that. It's, no, it's a jobber it match. Remember Johnny Rich, that big star? Huge. <laughs> Huge. Uh, corner whip and some big punches down by Rich. JR, I shit you not, calls bad PN News again. Whoops. As Johnny Rich hammers away at PN News. And- Close line by bad. This match is bad. Corner whip, Harley race knee by bad. Big left hand by bad. That's a tutti frutti. Wop, bop, loop, bop, womp, bamboo, and it gets the pin. Silly. Literally zero reaction. Yeah, nobody cares. <laughs> and here's the thing that I noticed in this. So... And I want to point this out. I don't know if you noticed it. What? There is sweetening, but it's not good sweetening. It's poor. Let me explain how they do it. Because I, I there was a there was a point in the show where I noticed exactly what they were doing. Usually on WWF when they sweeten the crowd, Joe. Yeah. They they actually like they'll tone it up and down depending on the reaction they want, right? Yes. All WCW did here, and I'm not kidding, go back and look. All they did is they put a mild like like a, like you know them cheering whatever right and it's at the same consistent volume at the same so that the cr- when the crowd really cheers it overpowers it right so what happens when nobody cares and nobody's reacting to anything is all you hear is this flat line sound of them that's cheering. what that was right yeah, yeah like and that and that's it literally we're actually getting in a weird way the raw crowd reactions <laughs> because they just sweetened it so badly yeah and nobody cares literally yeah. no one all cares. you hear is the flat line right. cheer. like you don't hear the, the the up and down because nobody breaks the flat line <laughs> uh bad now puts a kiss sticker like a kissy face sticker on rich as we get a pointless replay of nothing yeah no yep. point for this uh jr is now with johnny b bad and teddy long clearly taped beforehand could they not try to, like <laughs> Why? What is this? Yeah, it's definitely before this match. Yeah. Uh, and he asked Johnny B. Bad, you know, that expert who's winning the title match, Luger or Wyndham. And Bad says, Luger's almost as pretty as me, but Barry Wyndham is better, so he's going to win. This is not good. Lex, Lex Luger's a big old strong boy with some big old muscles. Ooh. And he's but, almost pretty as you, ain't he? He's almost as pretty as Jonathan Bad. I 
hate his fake accent. Oh, he needs to drop in a clip of how poor it is, like this whole like thing. JR even side eyes the camera to let us know he's aware that this is bad. He mm-hmm. does, because you know JR would do shit like that. Right. Jim it's Ross, true. the person. Yep. Uh, we go to break. Bumper music is great. <laughs> Proud SNES music there, Joe. S-N-E-S. SNES. <laughs> Stop. Okay, we're back where Gary Michael Capetta introduces Nikita Koloff. Bald edition, proud singlet. <laughs> Love him. This is when he, like, that that episode we saw where they were like, we don't know if it's heel or whatever. And like, and, and this is like after that, isn't it? Like, where I he's think, like, he's actually a heel now? No, this is before that, I think. Oh, it is. Uh, yeah, okay. but, but we don't it's know It's all if connected he's to that, though, right? Yeah. He's introduced at 123 kilos. He's got no music, and his opponent is in the ring. It is... Chad Floyd. Very generic. He looks like Dick Martell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we get a bell and then an insert promo from Sting, who basically says Nikita is an asshole. And they're actually, Quinn, going to have a Russian chain match tomorrow at Great American Bash. Can I just say chain matches generally suck, and it's at Great American Bash 91, so yeah. Yeah. I, what? Uh, that, that doesn't bode well. Chain match. Anyway, the referee is Mike Atkins, I think. It doesn't matter, but I think that's who it is. Uh, Floyd tries some stuff. Nikita won't move. The crowd is still dead. I also want to point out, in general, that Paul Heyman is a fantastic color commentator. He's pretty good. And he's really good with JR here and in the WWF. They're good together. They're fine. They're a good team. Yeah. I still think they're not fully formed here. You can tell that. Agreed. Yeah. No, they're better their, than their WWF, combination isn't at its prime yet. They're great 10 years later, though. Sometimes Paul horns a little too much in the goofy heel side. Yeah, the Paul E. Dangerously yeah, character. I mean, it's not as good as the crazy madman ECW guy. Correct. The Heyman. Very yeah. Heyman. Yeah. This is very Paul. That's more Heyman. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Koloff tosses Floyd out of the ring, capitalizes by standing there doing nothing. Uh, more tedious offense by Koloff here. Russian sickle, and it's all over. At least it wasn't long. Koloff now puts the Cobra Clutch on Floyd for really no reason after the bell. Just for fun, I yeah, guess. Why not? Uh, we now throw to Paul E. Dangerously <laughs> from the <laughs> Great American Bash Control Center. This is the most hideous fake control center I have ever seen. It looks like somebody illustrated a control panel on MS Paint <laughs> and saved it as a JPEG. Jeez. <laughs> like it's ridiculous, it Joe. Very fitting for this pay-per-view. Horrible. It looks like the uh, WCW game for Super Nintendo. It's so bad. <laughs> so bad. Paul says, we have a lot to cover. Goody. <laughs> so, first of all, we have the Wyndham versus Luger in a cage for the vacant belt. By the way, Wyndham has, like, dumb sunglasses in his graphic. And bad hair. <laughs> Hideous hair. His hair is so bad. It's really bad. Also, we're going to have Arn Anderson and Paul himself taking on Rick Steiner and Missy Hyatt in a cage. A cage for that? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Missy Hyatt in a cage. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I think it wound up just being Rick Steiner versus Arn. And yeah, not the other two. Can I ask how many times did Paul Heyman get beat up by a girl? Like, because remember this shit happens with Medusa a couple years later. Yeah, a little bit later. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the a, same thing. It's an old trope, you yeah. know what I mean? Have the the heel manager get beat up by a woman? Why yeah, not? It's yeah. okay. Because you know, Missy Hyatt. Like, I haven't seen Bash '91 probably like in its full entirety because it's so bad oh, that I just years. didn't watch, watch yeah. it. Oh. Um, I can guarantee you that Missy Hyatt probably got significant offense on Paul. I hope so. Yeah. She should, though. It makes yeah. sense. It was better when Medusa, like, chased him out of an arena that time. That was really funny. She's good in that. Yeah. We're also going to have Nikita Koloff versus Sting in a Russian chain match. Quinn, what makes the chain Russian? Do you know, like, 
Why is um, the chain Russian? Maybe they, maybe they make sure that it was manufactured in Russia so that it's a Russian <laughs> chain. Like, is just, that all it is? Oh, they make it at Zangief stage. Yeah, that's there you go. It <laughs> came out of there. Oh, also, this is a big one here. El Gigante is going to be taking on one man gang. Can I say gang looks really weird in that graphic? Yes. Like, what is that thing on his head? <laughs> I don't know. He's got, he's got like too much hair also. Yeah, he has his Akeem hair he's, still. He's got hair poking out of this hat thing. Yeah, one man gang's supposed to have a mohawk, not hair. Yeah, it's I don't weird. Like it. That's not how one man gang works. No, it's not. Short mohawk. Short mohawk. Also, Steve Austin and Terry Taylor. Gonna be taking Terrence on, Taylor. Terrence, excuse yeah. me. Gonna be taking on Bobby Eaton and PN News in the scaffold match. This is a Skywalker match or whatever, so you know it sucks. Those are terrible, usually. Bobby Eaton's like the hero of those matches, though. I don't he know why tries. they kept bringing it back, because the first one stunk. From 88? Yeah. Whatever it is. 87? 88? I can't remember. It's but. only popular because Cornette like, broke both of his kneecaps or some shit when he fell. So then it got like this connotation as being dangerous. But there wasn't a reason to bring it back. The match itself is awful. There's not a reason to do it to begin yeah. with. This is one of those things where I have to credit Cornette. That is a serious bump to be willing to take. Yeah, and they, they I, fucked up, too. I still can't believe to this was, day that he did it. He was willing to trust that Bubba would catch him. And he didn't. And he didn't. I know. It was like he he like was in the wrong spot. He yeah. thought he could catch him, and then he just like he Ugh. just fell straight. Bub was like, "Wait, you're not what?" It's like, can you imagine how bad Ray Trailer must have felt? Oh, he must have felt all because he like grabs him and like takes him out of there yeah. immediately because he like completely missed. I know. Oh um, my god. Also, Quinn, this is a big match here. Black Blood versus Big Josh. Okay. You know who either of those guys are? Uh, I don't know who Black Blood is, but Big Josh, I seem to remember that being somebody I know. I'll give you a hint. He's at the first WrestleMania, and he also is at WrestleMania 9. The Executioner? No. Matt Bourne or whatever? Yes, Matt yeah. Bourne. That, is that Josh? He's Big Josh. Yeah. And Black Blood is? Who's that? He's at WrestleMania 3. Can't be King on Bundy's. It is not. Um, it's a guy in one of the earlier matches on the card in WrestleMania 3. I believe the second match? Second match. Hercules versus Billy Jack Haynes. Which one do you think it oh, is? God, it's Billy Jack Haynes. Yes, it is. Can't be Hercules. It's not Hercules. That guy didn't look fat enough. And he was in WCW yeah. still. Uh, WWF still. And we're going to have Johnny B. Bad versus Yellow Dog. Oh, great. Who the fuck is Yellow Dog? Why does everyone keep bitching about Yellow Dog this whole show, by yeah. the way? Have you noticed that? Because yeah. we didn't even say that. Because Johnny B. Bad ended on, Yellow Dog stinks or whatever. Like, everyone's, <laughs> we know it's Pillman. Like, everyone keeps saying yeah, it the whole it is show. Pillman. Payman says it. It's the whole, th it's the same thing with, like, the Dusty Midnight Rider angle. I just don't get why it's, like, he also have nothing to do with this Johnny B. Mad match or talking about it. Everyone's mad about Yellow Dog, I guess. It's like, this stinks. Because there's a bounty on his head that if someone can rip the mask off, they get the right. money. We're also going to have Bad Street and the Freebirds taking on Dustin Rhodes and the Young Pistols. Bad Street and the Freebirds, aren't they the same thing? <laughs> it's Brad Armstrong, right? Oh, Isn't yeah. Isn't Bad Street Brad Armstrong? I, I thought that was Brad Street. I, that's like what he's called for fun, I think. Yeah. Right? I Bad Street is Brad Armstrong. I think it is. Anyway, Diamond. Why was he? Why was that? What? What is all of that? This version of the Freebirds is poop. Yeah. Um, Diamond Stud. That's Scott Hall, obviously. He's going to be taking on your favorite Quinn, the Z Man. Yeah, Z. <laughs> I'm saying or Zed Man, as Zed. the English would say. Oh, Zed Man, mate. Also, what is Zed. Zed. Um, yeah, call it Z. More like weirdos. Lord Zed. Yeah, really. Ron Simmons takes on 
Oz. <laughs> now, this is odd. Okay, so first of all, I want to say two things. Yep. It's funny that Diamond Stud and Kevin Kevin Nash Oz are yes. listed right next to each other, firstly. Secondly, they oddly only show a picture of Oz and not Ron <laughs> yeah. Simmons, even though Ron Simmons like on this show in a match. And he's been there for a couple years. It's, yeah, it's not, not like, like they don't have a picture. What was that They about? just show just Oz. Yeah, in the middle of the screen. And by the way, he's going to be fighting Ron Simmons. What's that? What? what? Also, Quinn, this is ooh, Richard Morton. Versus Robert Gibson. Battle of the better 50-year-old, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, Morton looks like a bad realtor in his graphic hey, You know there. what's weird about Holy this? We're right, <laughs> we're right before Morton cut his hair and looked actually not 50. Yeah, like, right, yeah. Remember, to me, it's still so odd because very shortly after this, he would get rid of the mullet and look infinitely younger. No, I agree. He, yeah. But here, it's like, it's flowing. It's oh, like a yeah. puppy on his it's, head. It's horrible. It's awful. It's like maximum mullet. It's even worse than in the 80s. I know. Uh, we now actually get a promo from Morton, lucky us, where he says that uh, he was the better half of the Rock and Roll Express and his back hurts from carrying Gibson around. I think it hurts from being 50. But anyway. <laughs> Need some icy hot. Yeah. Gibson now with a promo uh, sounding like Jimmy Dean. Good <laughs> Lord. A couple of crackers, a little meat, cheese. They call it a lunch. It's not a lunch. He's going to be keeping an eye out for Morton. <laughs> Paul now hypes up the world title match again. Uh, Legends versus Legacy, of course, but it's not. In reality, people are like, where's Ric Flair? Like, what, what happened? That's all the people care about. Doesn't mean he's going he's gonna to come back, right? He's Yellow Dog or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Imagine if you're a fan and you just, you don't read any sheets or anything. Right. You're just like, oh, Ric Flair must have got hurt or this is an angle right, or something, right? right? It's, it must have been so surprising to think like to he's see just it gone. in WWF yeah. like a couple weeks later. Crazy. Yeah. We now throw to Barry Windham still wearing stupid sunglasses. And still has the shit hair. <laughs> so can you describe it for people? It's like... It's not his, a bowl cut. It's like he got... Like he was in the shower or something and it, he didn't like comb his hair or something. That's <laughs> yeah. the best I could describe it. It's very weird looking. And it's not that long either so he looks poor. Uh, yeah, it's in, you can see like where he's starting to bald a little yeah. bit. It's just bad. It just doesn't look good. Yeah, Re- a receding mullet. <laughs> oh, that's one of the worst kinds. Yeah, it's the best I can describe it's it. Pre-skull it. Anyway, yeah. uh, the point here is that he wants the title. That's really captivating. Widom says this is something that has never happened in wrestling before, Quinn. Pretty sure oh. this shit just <laughs> happened in WWF with oh. Randy Savage and a, all that. A world title being held up. Yeah. With Randy Savage. Well, because he won the tournament or whatever. It was held up. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. WrestleMania 4. Kurt, yeah. Yeah, Hogan, Andre, and all yeah. that. So most people would yeah, say. Um, Andre. Well, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm giving you the end result. Spoiler. <laughs> anyway, Paul tells us to call our fucking cable companies to see this because it's going to be historic. Yeah, historically bad. <laughs> Back to ringside now where we get Dirty Dick Slater, who I don't mind, and Dick Murdoch, and they're known as the Hardliner Collection Agency. I have no recollection here, but I bet they're a team Quinn because they're both a couple of dicks. I was going to say, they should rename themselves a lot of dick. <laughs> the music is great, though. It is good music, yeah. yeah. And their opponents are Jackie Fulton and Johnny Meadows, who definitely look the way they sound. Okay, Jackie <laughs> Fulton. I didn't even realize that was one of their names. Is that guy, like, from Memphis in the 50s uh, or something? Jackie Fargo. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, by the way, Murdoch already looks 55. How is he still around in 1991? Like, listen, I know the WWF appearance in 95, but I always thought that was just for fun. That's like, here's an old guy. <laughs> yeah, right? But, like, this... He's a regular. Even in 1991, like four years before that, this seems a little late for a little, this. A little long in the tooth, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I know. So uh, much dick. 
by the way. I can't believe they put two dicks together and didn't expect jokes to ensue. Or maybe they did, actually. <sighs> uh, we get an insert promo from Rick Steiner. It's really shitty, Quinn. I can't. I don't know what he's saying. Do you know what Rick said in that I pro- had no right. idea. <laughs> said, there's always someone bigger and tougher, but the guy you gotta watch out is the guy that beats you up and then eats you and spits you out. Uh, Slater starts with whoever I don't care and immediately puts on a wrist lock. Wonderful. Paul mentions how (laughs) Jason Hervey, that's Wayne from the Wonder Years, he's dating Missy Hyde or some shit. That's what he says. Wow, Jason Hervey, that's a that's a huge score right there. Way to go, Wayne. Yeah. And uh, because Paul recently busted a phone on Hervey's head, everyone now thinks that (laughs) Paul's the Ted Bundy around here. (sighs) WCW. That is that's that whole rant there that is so wcw i love it i, I do that like that's good wcw yeah i unironically like, like that like so goofy wayne from the wonder years is dating missy hyatt and Paul like in her prime the by the way yeah 91 like, yeah, missy yeah, hyatt holy shit she is your host yeah that whole thing is better than this match by the way this match is terrible uh murdoch's in arm bar on the mat once again literally and i do mean literally nobody cares yep no one no one gives a shit Referee's Nick Patrick, by the way. Right, by the way, are we going to have like all heel squashes today? That's the most WCW thing. Here's no one you like winning. It's a heel-based company, remember? Yeah. It's, it's, the it's opposite. still around, it's too. It's the opposite of WWF. You have to understand. Jim Hurd's a heel. Everyone's a heel. They just took the other approach, you see. Yep, and it worked out great for them. <laughs> well, don't... <laughs> Hey, you like that last <laughs> sentence, so don't don't say it was all bad. <laughs> Slater's back in. Tagged to Meadows, I guess. It doesn't matter who it is. Swinging neckbreaker by Slater. Tag back to arm. Uh, tag back to armbar. Tag back to Murdoch. Might <laughs> as well say tag back to armbar. This was the armbar the match over here. Yeah, seriously. More satisfying arm work by Murdoch. And then some nice kicks. Speaking of this match, it's hideous. <laughs> it's so bad. It, is, it really armbar, is. Armbar, listen, I will tell you this. As somebody who has to take notes every week for reviews, uh-huh. right? Yep. Honestly, there's there's two ways I look at a match that has too much arm bars. First, it's bad. Right. And I look at both of these things. Second uh-huh. of all, it's very easy to write notes about because literally you just type arm. Yeah, that's because all you need to do. Because you've described like 75% of the match at that no, point. Nothing else is happening. Literally nothing yeah. is happening. Paul makes fun of Missy Hyatt some more, which is always fun. Slater's back in and guess what? He works the arm as well with some kind of weird hammerlock. Paul then makes a reference to Dave Dravecki and this is a picture who snapped his humorous bone What? while pitching to Tim Raines. I'm not making that entire sentence up, I promise. And then, because he was making the reference because, you know, right, right. Slater was working on the thing. And JR, oh, that's really Bush. George Bush, your Bush. Oh, <laughs> this boy. is a real exchange. Weird. They're trying to make this kid feel like Dave Dravecki. Don't try that at all. That's, that's really Bush. George Bush? No. You're Bush. Meadows winds up outside, so Murdoch rams him into the post, and I cannot, Quinn, adequately explain how dull this match is. It's awful. It really is. Hey, this is, I can't believe how bad it is. It's terrible. Slater finally gets the win by submission with some arm shit. It doesn't matter. It actually ends with the arm. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely dreadful. Awful. We now get a promo from the fucking WCW Patriots. <laughs> this was so dumb. I couldn't believe this. Firebreaker chip. And Todd Champion. In like the full regalia. What is this shit? It's so bad. And they're here to tell us not to do drugs. That's it. They just, it's like, ha, we're, <laughs> we're, we're faces and don't do drugs. Like, that's what it is. That's I'm firebreaker chip. <laughs> I could get in their full costume. Like, it's unbelievable. A couple of jokers. Why would anyone take these guys seriously? Wouldn't you want someone cool, like, I don't know, Sting? Sting? Yeah, I was just, it's exactly who I was thinking of. It's like, that, kids maybe would listen to that. Sting. 
I'm just saying. Looks like he bought his costume and everything Halloween. Good gravy. This makes this is like does the opposite because it literally says like oh the, a couple of dorks tell me not to do drugs. I guess if I don't want to be a dork, I'll do drugs. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's why that's where they fail with shit like this. Uh-huh. It's like you have to have the coolest person. Ultimate say, Warrior did it in WWF. Yeah, Hogan. That's when it, that's when it's effective. You know, it, you shouldn't fucking smoke. Yeah, it's, it's like well, if the hitman says so. It's like I'm listening. Yeah, exactly. Also. What is a fire breaker? I don't know. He breaks the fires. Is that a phrase ever used outside of WCW? <laughs> so I always thought they were referring to the aspect of firefighting where you use an axe. But you're not breaking fire. You're usually breaking a door. Yeah, because that's not exactly... When they fight the fire, they don't like actually like cut the fire with the axe. No. Like, that's not how it works. <laughs> no, you cut, usually the axe is to break through something. So that you can get to the fire because, Correct. you know, a house probably fell on, right. you know, that you need the axe to do that, obviously. Exactly. Anyway, back to ringside here where Paul Heyman's going to host his uh, segment, The Danger Zone. And he throws... No set or anything. No, just it's, in the ring. Very like He acts like it's a show. Good effort. Uh, he throws a Jim Hurd announcing that Barry Windham's going to be taking on Luger. We already know that, but he's so excited about it. I bet it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Paul now brings out his guest for today, the U.S. champion and the number one contender for the world title, Lex Luger. Generic rock music for yeah. Luger. Very WCW. Very WCW. Lex says it could have been anybody taking on him, but it's uh, going to be Barry Windham. And you know what? Barry Windham deserves to be there, but Lex says he's still going to win because only one person can be the champ. Yep, that's how it works. <laughs> Usually, it's understood. Only one. He then says a new era is coming. The era is dawning of the total package. Spoilers, it didn't last long. No, he'd be uh, talking to Bobby and Girl in a few months, you know. See you June 13th, Bobby. That's right. We're back now where JR throws us to a very crummy promo package for Luger versus Wyndham. Like, the voiceover guy's like, this could be one of the greatest matches of all time. The voiceover is very ominous. Not good. Yeah. (laughs) Everything about it is bad, honestly. It would be the greatest contest to ever exist, even though it's not what we planned. (laughs) Yeah. On July 14th, at the Great American Bash in Baltimore, there will be a new World Championship Wrestling Heavyweight Champion crowd. I like that they keep showing the big gold belt in these cups, by the way, even though like, they don't even like, have Flair it. Flair has it? Yeah. Don't they use like the Western Heritage title or some weird some shit? bullshit for it. And- <laughs> it's all bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, various clips now of Luger wrestling are shown before we now segue to Barry Windham, who looks so junky. His hair is the worst it's ever it been. I can't so say bad. it enough. It's so bad. He doesn't look good. He doesn't look like a star. No. He knows how to do a suplex, though. They make sure to emphasize that. It's really mm-hmm. poor. Back to ringside now, where El Gigante happily jogs out with a crew cut. All jolly. It's so weird. He, You say crew cut. He's just shaved all his yeah, hair. He crew. has no hair. Crew. Is that crew? It's crew. I thought crew, you leave a little bit more on he the top. He has a tiny, like, two centimeters, maybe. It's, he just took a, not even a bick. He just took a, the clippers at, yeah, like, the lowest the setting. The lowest setting. That's, that's what it all is. all he did. Now, his music is all, like, farty bass. It's actually kind of good. Everyone <laughs> likes him. Yep. And um, his opponent is Keith Steinborn, who looks like Jean-Claude Van Humperdinck. Funny guy. Insert promo now from Kevin Sullivan and the one-man gang, and they're both wearing eyeshadow, and they both yell. <laughs> like, Sullivan just yells the whole time. And basically, he's crazy! Fuck him! Yeah. They call him crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Back to the ring where Higante is still all happy. Irish whip, hideous excuse for a back body drop by Higante. JR calls the jobber Keith Hart. Is he drunk today I, with this, all these names? Yeah, and let me say, this confused the shit out of me to the point where I had to delete notes because I thought, wait, is that Keith Hart or did they call him Keith Hart? But Or his name is Keith Hart, but he's not Keith Hart. It's no, no Hart. This fucked my whole, like, this matchup in my notes. This is why it's important to get the names right, JR. He's yeah. calling Johnny B. Bad PN News. What, what is, is wrong doing? with JR today? What an asinine thing to say. 
Paul makes some illegal alien jokes. Very unsavory. No savor. That would not fly today, like what he said. That no. was like really bad. It was 30 years ago. Yeah, I know, but it's still... I, it, I it, understand. It didn't age good. No, it didn't age good. Yeah. Uh, JR corrects himself about the Keith situation. Questionable suplex by Gigante, and a claw hold gets the pin. <laughs> but at least this was exactly long as it should have been. Yeah, it's basically nothing. <laughs> it's like a minute. You, that, that, that's my kind of squash exactly. right there. Back to ringside wrestling now, where we're going to get a bounty match for Yellow Dog's Mask. Ten minutes left, which is concerning for a match on a one-hour weekly show. You know, I thought the same thing, Quinn, but to be fair to WCW, they always put on like a good match on all of their programs. There's always true. one good match. That's that's fair. To be fair to them. Uh, first, we get beautiful Bobby Eaton. He's a face series with Ron Simmons and Yellow Dog himself. Ah, there he is! <laughs> yeah, all three guys are yeah. good. Bobby no, those Eaton, are all good people. Right? Their opponents come out next. Iron Anderson. Larry Zabisco and stunning Steve Austin. And like everyone in everyone in this whole thing heals faces except Larry Zabisco. Five out of six ain't bad, right? Yep. How does Larry get involved with things that are better than him constantly? That's Always. like his career. <laughs> that, that's everything. It's like anything that was good, he just is like latches himself. He's like leeches off of it. Yeah. Nitro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you mean the show itself? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the only reason he was relevant in the 90s was Nitro. He's not even good on it. New World Owner! Like, yeah. literally, that's what people know him for. the worst part of the show. He's just leeching. He's just leeching off Nitro. He's crappy. Fucking Mongo did a better job than him on commentary. Yes, Mongo's great. Uh, Austin has Lady... What a big boys play, baby! <laughs> yeah, baby! Austin has Lady Blossom with him, of course, mm-hmm. and a ponytail. And he's a TV champ. Uh, but is he like perpetually the TV champ yeah. his entire WCW run? Or sometimes US. Sometimes. A little bit. A yeah. little US, mainly TV. Yeah. He's always got a belt, tag belt. He should. He's good. I know. Austin's I'm good. He's one of those wrestlers that always has a belt. People act like Austin was like not used well at all in WCW, but he fucking was. He was a tag TV and US champion. Always. Every time I turn on WCW from the time he was there, he always has some kind of belt. Yeah. Always. He's always regarded well, but I get that he was going to not go further than that. I know why he left. I understand that. He was pigeonholed into mid-card title Ville over there. So if people say that, they are correct. He was not going to get a shot at the main event with Hogan in the the company. No. He was just not. Right. Hogan was not going to work If he wanted to be a world champion caliber wrestler, he needed to leave. So I agree that he should have left. Don't get me wrong, folks. Mm -hmm. Don't send any angry cards to me. Uh, Bobby starts with Arn, who quickly attacks Simmons on the apron off the ropes. Arn bails. Bails outside. Uh, Yellow Dog and Simmons ping-pong him out before Simmons tosses him back inside. Yellow Dog tags in now and slingshots over the ropes with a clothesline. Larry breaks the count. Arn with a corner whip. Dog moves from the second rope. Beautiful drop kick there. Elbow misses. Arn tags in Bruno's yard over here. <laughs> Yellow Dog with elbows off the rope. Shoulder block by Dog. Another one. Paul from commentary brings up Bruno because you need to in a Larry match, but since Larry doesn't have a mic, Paul's doing it for him. You know what I mean? Yep, we gotta, you gotta mention Bruno. That's all he has. That's his entire wrestling career is that one time he feuded with Bruno San Martino. Like, in all seriousness, I'd be better about it if it wasn't literally mentioned any time Zabisco comes up. I don't understand why he doesn't have anything more notable than that. He like, really doesn't. He feuded with a bunch of people he's after that. He's a good mid-card wrestler. He really is. I'm not, he's like, decent. He's good. He's a good heel. It's just that I don't understand how they never moved on from it. Like, I know. You know what I mean? It's just really weird. And the further away you get from 1980 when you're still bringing it up, it's like, who's Bruno? Yeah. The kids, who is that? You know what, what are I mean? they talking about? <laughs> yeah. like, the, and, and the fact that the only way you could see it, if you think about it, is to watch this old, fuzzy, Close shitty footage of this match. Yeah. It, like, it was it was on Championship Wrestling in 1980. No, it was I've also seen, on that. Yeah, but I mean, the point is, it's just like... Like, enough already! It's like, 
you might as well go check a cave painting about this at this point. Yeah, it's just getting it's getting a little stale. Yeah. Uh, Austin Tags now beats up his future partner. Do you know who that is, Quinn? Yellow oh, Dog? Oh, Yellow Dog. Yeah. Brian Pillman. There, yeah. there you go. See, now it's official. Hollywood Blondes. Official. Yeah, it's Hollywood yeah. Blondes. Irish up by Austin. Leapfrog Bobby in double clothesline. Austin tosses Bobby to the ropes. Larry pulls the ropes down. Bobby tumbles out. Larry tosses him into the barricade. Back in. Whipped by Austin into a power slam. Irish whip by Austin, back elbow. Arn in now, hammers away, body slam off the ropes, knee drop by Arn. Stomps by Arn now as the crowd gets into it a little bit with a Bobby ch- chant. Mm-hmm. This is a good match, by the way. It's decent. There's nothing I like wrong it. with this. Yeah. Of course, Zabisco in now with stomps. All dumpy. Do you think it's intentional, though, his dumpy heel offense? I think it is. A little bit, I but... I think he's it, smart. I don't know how much else he has. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, Paul now tells JR, why don't you have Bobby Eaton on your show? You can ask him what it's what it's like to be like from Huntsville, Alabama. And Paul with an impression of Bobby Eaton is like amazing. Yeah. It's just a, he's got marbles in his mouth or whatever. It's funny. It's amazing. Can you put that clip in? Cause the, the impression is really funny. Absolutely. Why don't you have beautiful Bobby on your radio show one night? You can say, Bobby, what's it like being from Huntsville? He can say, Never takes the marbles out of his mouth before he talks. You ever notice Standing that? Standing vertical suplex by Larry Zabisco. He went for a near fall. Vertical suplexa by Larry gets two. Austin's back in now, but Bobby tries to come back. Irish whip by Austin. Small package by Eaton gets two. Austin back on the attack though with a nice, 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 <laughs> <laughs> nice gut wrench. Tagging to Larry. Body slam gets two. Armbar by Larry is like he Craig T. Nelson's it up. You know what I mean. They're the same thing. And Jim Belushi. They're all the same person. Yep. Orange in now continuing the offensive. Off the ropes. Drop down. Double collision. Both men down. Yellow Dog tries to fire up this bored ass crowd. Larry Tag. They're, 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 they're bored. They're, is it over yet? Really? They probably have another taping too after this. Either that or this is the end of one. But it's not a pretty sight on TV. You notice there was a point in there where Paul mentioned that. Oh, they're going to be at this TV tape. He, like, he says it. Did he it. say that? I think yeah, he did. Yeah, he does say it Like at some point in the show, and it was really dumb. There's a reason why, as annoying as it is, there's a reason why Vince oversweetened everything. Yeah. Because at least it comes across as exciting. At least it makes you think, oh, people care about <laughs> right. these people. I'm not saying it's this not blatant. Before, this, I will say this, though. As a kid, you don't know it's sweetened. I didn't. There's no way to tell. Honestly, as like, a kid, no, you have to like look if you, closely. I'm saying if you're unaware of audio editing equipment right. as a child, that, that, that seven, can, you don't even think that can be done. And you think you, everything is live anyway. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> it, that's yeah, Joe. I, I'll always say it anytime we watch these shows. It's still I still it's so charming when they when they try to act like a bunch of people got in an arena at like noon. I know. Like, I agree with you. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, Larry makes a tag first, though. Shoulder breaker gets two. Austin's back in. Wrist lock tag to Arn. Corner whip by Arn. Charge duck under by Eaton. Atomic drop, and both guys collide again. The crowd again. They barely care, which is sad. This is not bad. Uh, tag to Austin, and Bobby tags both guys at the same time, so they both get in. It's chaos now. Yep, all six guys are in now. Larry pulls the mask off, but guess what? Yellow Dog has another one. That old gimmick. That old gimmick. Yep. Roll up by the dog gets the win. Oh, so much for that bounty. Zero story progress here, yeah, I guess. Pretty much. Yep. I'll tell you what. This was a lot more fun than the crowd would have you believe. This really wasn't a bad match. Yeah. Well, thank God for the the Mario All-Stars still being under it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for Birdo. Yeah. Um, JR quickly is like, hey, by the bash, we got to sign off. Baseball's coming on or whatever. <laughs> Atlanta Braves. Yeah. Well, because one hour probably. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, this is not a great show, but I'm going to be honest. The main event, really fun. WCW always did good six-man tags. Mm-hmm. They did. That's true. All the ones we see are that. always yeah. good. And it's always interesting to check out the beginning of that one brief period in WCW's history where Flair was not there. Mm. This is the beginning of it. Truthfully, 
They were better off with Ric Flair, and guess what? So was the WWF. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. So, yeah, man, it was okay. I, I, my my thinking on this show is it was harmless. Yep. But man, did it feel like a countdown to destruction? <laughs> like not even like that's not me hyping it. It's just what it is because Gab 91 is known as the worst thing they ever did. You call it Gab? Because I sometimes I read it in the notes as Gab. You called it Gab. Sorry, Gab. Well, folks, it's been a fun gabbing with you. Yep. <laughs> as uh, we have romped you through the world of retro wrestling yet again. You know what's funny, Quinn? Because yeah. February is a short month and today's the 22nd. Next week, it's March already. Finally, what? we're getting the hell out of February. Didn't we only do like two shows <laughs> in February? No. But folks, thank you guys for being with us here as we have romped you through the world of retro wrestling yet again. Be sure to, if you want extra stuff, check out patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Leave us a review if you don't mind on Apple Podcasts. And obviously, join our Twitter at OVP podcast. Follow us there and join the group. But until next week, Quinn, until next time, it's been nice gabbing with you. I'm Joe Murata. That's Michael Quinn. And we will see you in March. See ya. Hi, kids. My name is Chip, and I'm the Firebreaker, and this is Todd Champion, and together we're the WCW Patriots, and my partner this week has a special message for you. You know, kids, in order to be a great American, you can't do drugs. You have to take care of your body and get plenty of rest and be the best Patriot you can possibly be. Get the, get the hell, hell out of here! here.